The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is basically Monday, September 26th, and this is the Week 3 Recap Show as we break down all the action from Sunday, joining me to do so as they do I mean, a lot often every week now for three years in a row. A lot of years. It's a lot of years. Ryan Wilson, John Breach, I'll just say quickly, Breach, that um, I was so, and this is going to jinx me, I was so happy about our preseason Super Bowl selections that I made a, a little spreadsheet so I know what's what. And I'll just say with one game to go in week three, I am crushing it. But we'll get to that later in the podcast. Okay. Um, first, Ryan, how many Rihanna songs can you name? Zero. Really? I, I think she I don't I don't know the names of any songs, but I think she's incredibly beautiful and I'm happy that she's doing the halftime show. <laughs> okay. Uh Breach. Everyone everyone is fully aware. Breach, by the way, if you answer a, this, you will be cheating, but go ahead and see what No, I, he's a he's a pop fan. I guarantee you can name he can probably he, like his favorite band is Britney Spears or like 98 degrees. She's she's pop. I love Britney Spears. Okay. Definitely okay. pop. Uh, first of all, I'm sure Wilson has heard Umbrella. I probably heard it. I just don't know the name of any song. Yeah, see, that's right. It's me and my umbrella. umbrella okay. Umbrella, sure. Umbrella. I sing it every time I open an umbrella. Did you know that song title? Yeah. Okay. That's umbrella is like the key word in the song. <laughs> um, I don't listen to lyrics either. That's my. She, and then she did a song with Eminem, but I don't know what it's called. Uh, it's Slim Shady, I believe is what it was called. It was not Slim Shady. Oh, Dude, that um, also, she's from Barbados, and I went to Barbados on my honeymoon. And people talk about Rihanna because they love her. Oh, uh, here we go. What do we got here? Uh, the The bigger question is if is would if Billy had asked us this question before he took the job, would he still have taken the job if we had collectively had known one Rihanna song between the three of us? We're a combined four hundred years old. Why would we, I mean Breach New Umbrella? We're good. I mean, Umbrella feels like Breach Googled Rihanna songs, didn't want to pick one of the first two on the list. No, Umbrella's an all-time classic. 
Or this 2000, 2007. Wow. It's sickening that you don't know Umbrella. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure As the guy who's it. the least musical guru of us three. I'm not. Uh, Breach, oh. I mean, Brinson claims he is. He's just. Oh, okay. Okay. First of all, this is not my wheelhouse. Okay. Pop music, not my wheelhouse. I was going to make a crazy in love. Like, is that one of our songs joke? But I figured somebody would accuse me of like being an idiot. That's obviously Beyonce. Trust me, that that ship has sailed. You're you're in the clear. You can go ahead and make that joke. Do you remember Boston Legal, the show? Wait, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. Who's, did who's we you? just start this by saying, do we know any Rihanna songs? Did you actually mention that she's doing the Super Bowl halftime show? I did. I said it, and you got mad okay. at me for saying it. Okay. I did? You're like, oh, fine. Breach, what do you know? Don't share that information with people. Right, anyway, Rihanna is doing the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. In Phoenix. Great. I like the... um. Look, don't cater, don't cater to old funny duddies like me. Cater to the cool kids. Oh my god, he's dancing breach. Fourteen years to admit he's not cool, but it happened. I'm not cool. Uh, Thirty teams have at least one win through the first three weeks for the second time since 2002, joining the 2012 season when 30 of 32 had them. It also marks the fifth time that since 1970 that there were only two winless teams through the first three weeks of a season, joining 88, 89, 90, and 2012. Do you think Debo and or Billy have uh, the champagne on ice in order to make fun of the 72 Dolphins when the Eagles go undefeated? Um, or do I have champagne on ice to make fun of you guys from the Broncos win the Super Bowl? No, you definitely don't. By the way, do you know who won the 2012 Super Bowl? The 2000, what, wait, the 2012 season or 2000, like February 2012? Seahawks and Russell Wilson. It was Ravens 49ers, which I was going to go. Oh, oh I was off by a year. Um, RG3 won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Luke Keekley, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Adrian Peterson, Offensive Player of the Year. Why are you doing 2012? Because it's the last time that the we had like the win. It was, it feels like an extreme situation of parody where, oh, yeah, okay. Everybody's got to win. And if you look at the point spreads coming up for week four, it's very clear that there is this this NFL season. I'm just sort of doing a big picture thing before we dive into games. No, um, this uh, I'm being called a hater in the, in the oh, oh the hater of the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, look, whatever. Um, the uh, this NFL season feels like it's going to be extremely muddled in terms of like I, I just don't know that any of the teams like I think the Eagles are probably the best team in the NFC. Um, I, the Dolphins are technically the best team in the AFC. No, they're. I, no, they're not. Right. Technically, they're not. Their record that doesn't mean they are. Right. Okay. Technically, they have the best. They have the best record in the AFC. Okay. Thank you. That's bad. And they That's beat the team right. that most people would consider the best team in the AFC, the Bills. But the Bills without their safeties, yeah, we'll get to that game in just a second. Point being is that. Um, what if I told you in 2012? Let's say in November 2012, uh, ten years from now, you can take either RG3 or Joe Flacco. Who do you want? Like no one on planet Earth is taking Joe Flacco. That is that's crazy. That's a good point. Flacco's RG3's crazy. been out of football for eight years. Flacco did. Win a Super Bowl. By the way, that was um the That's Super Bowl where Beyonce. It's all coming full circle. And Breach actually killed the power in the Superdome so he could steal control of the live blog and get hired to do this job. And now 10 years later, here I am still here. We're all still here. By the way, that was when I was really into taking photographs as part of work. And I went to the Tuesday, I think Tuesdays when they do the press conference for the, the Super Bowl acts. Is that right, Breach? Yes, I believe. Yeah, I think it is Tuesday. So I went to the Tuesday press conference, got there an hour and a half early so I could sit up front and, and took like a thousand pictures of Beyonce. Um, I'm jealous. Not creepy. Uh, for whatever reason, people are debating what my degree is in in the comments. Oh, please, um, please. I would love to uh, let me open the, up the chat because I would love to see what these things are. 
Yeah, anyone guess, say? Uh, I mean, it was pretty. I've said it like a million times. It's just. Did anyone guess physics? They did not. Oh, okay, bad on the shocks. So we're talking about first of all my undergraduate, not my my master's, not your PhD, not your doctorate, not my doctorate. That's Nuclear right. fission. Uh, I, I have an I have a degree in English. Thermal school for a school that is like ninety nine percent engineering. <laughs> it's like the worst possible school to go to English for. Uh, actually, no way. My degrees from English from UNCG. What am I talking about? My, I was my, gonna say UNCG is an yeah, is an great, it's a liberal, liberal arts school. My, my formative years were NC State. Anyway, uh, wait a second. Hold on. Week three. UNCG is calling. They would like their degree back. Okay, they, go ahead. No doubt about it. Yeah, they don't really recognize me. Um, <laughs> technically, actually, with one game left to be completed, there have been seven, 18 games decided by three points or fewer this season because I'm adding in 49ers and Broncos. The mm. most such games for the first three weeks of a season in NFL history. Um, and again, I'm, I'm just sort of, this is a, I think it's a global trend that is worth noting because we don't see team. I don't see a lot of teams that are just going to separate because of the various weaknesses they have. And I think that this is what the NFL wants and has been working yeah. to get for years. They want close games. They want crazy comebacks. They want the, like, and that's why the offensive rules have been changed. And that's why they do certain things. So I, I, I don't disagree with that part of it. The part I will disagree with, I don't know if the NFL wants this because the, some of the product on the field, about 60% of it has been sort of dog dookie-ish. Like there's I, been some, all these low, like 11 to 10 or whatever the final score was. 11 to 10 punters to Will Wilson. This was just beauty at its finest. 10 punts for Morales. Sunday Night Football, that's, look, that feels like recency bias to suggest that. I feel like the first three weeks of the season have been a uh, Okay. Packers, Bucks, 14 to 12. My point is that, yes, those are marquee names. Yes, it's Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, but there have been some games where the the score has not, they're not being, they're not in the 20s or the 30s. They're in the teens. And maybe it's because it's early in the season. I get that, but, you know, it could be a little more exciting. So I'm saying there have been some great games. The comeback game last uh, last week with the, when Vegas lost, I <laughs> lost to the Cardinals, for example. Um, I there's, get it. There's Billy's first. Let's move on of the of, of his career. The I love it. All right, let's do it. <laughs> well, you mentioned the Packers Bucks, and that was a huge game because uh, Green Bay comes away with a win in Tampa Bay, um, fourteen to twelve. I don't think. I mean, we we said at least on the picture, it was like this game feels like an under. You know, both teams really rely on. What? No, I'm I'm, I'm laughing because it went way under. Yeah, I mean, but it, like both teams feel like. Defensive based teams, they sort of change their identity based on uh, attrition at the in, at the wide receiver position for for Green Bay and injury and suspension for uh, Tampa Bay, and so they they can't really attack as aggressively as they would like to be. We we heard rumblings that the Packers wanted to be a running defense team this year, a little more tougher, a little less reliant on Aaron Rodgers, uh, and I think and I think we got that. Now, this probably should have been an easier win for Green Bay than, than it needed to be, but Tom Brady's Tom Brady, and he marched the Bucks down and. Uh, were it not for a delay of game penalty on the two-point conversion, maybe takes this thing to overtime. Richie, go ahead. I'm, I'm getting my thoughts together on this game. I cannot believe that the Buccaneers got called for a delay of game. After going through all of that and taking a delay of game, when they probably should have been called for a delay of game on their touchdown, which Aaron Rodgers pointed out afterward, even though, yes, we all know that you get that split second at zero before they throw the flag. But Tom Brady's 45. He's playing the NFL longer than half of Gen Z has been alive. It's just crazy to think that they made a mistake like that. Um, well, and, and particularly when, and I think maybe that's a Bruce Arians factor. It's like, you should definitely have your, like, I mean, if, if it's, it was 14 to six, if you're driving down the field, you know, Byron Leftwich has to have a two point conversion play call ready to get in there. Right. Like, there's just no excuse for that. And, 
well, you know, probably cost them a, you know, they're two and one. They're fine. Packers are two and one as well. Um, yeah, I think, but I mean, now we have the head to head graphic up here on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. If you're, if you're watching, by the way, a live on YouTube, hit the like button, turn on, smash a uh, subscribe and turn on alerts. Uh, nine, you know, fairly even numbers for Rogers and Tom Brady, uh, Roger Brady, three wins to Rogers two. I think there's a pretty good chance that we could see these guys again in the playoffs. Both teams feel like fairly good bets to, to win their respective divisions, given what we've seen through three weeks. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I think that, that that's not far-fetched even by, you know, Will Brinson hyperbole standards. I, this felt, this felt like um, sort of the Spider-Man meme, just like two, Two teams staring at each other the exact same. The only difference is the Buccaneers are going to get healthy. Nice, nice web shooters breach. Thank you. I'm impressed. Uh, for the Packers who play in, you know, not in a great division, but you know, can make the same case for the Bucs. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers has to hope that these young wide receivers figure it out. Randall Cobb had a couple of big catches. Romeo Dubs led that team in, re- in receptions, eight for 73 and a, and, a, and a touchdown. But Russell Gage was a leading receiver for um the bucks and he had a drop i think he may have had the fumble there was he was involved in something earlier in the game where he was frustrated with himself fumble or the drop i think it was the fumble in mid- near midfield and those are things that will sort itself out when chris godwin and mike evans get back on the field so you have to feel better about that but tom brady had that look on his face like he had back in 06 when he had zero receivers, and then the next year they went out and got Randy Caldwell. Rashad Caldwell. They went out and got Randy Moss and, and Wes Welker. The difference is, as Breach notes, um, Tom Brady's in his mid forties. He ain't coming back to any sort of superstar team next year. He has to wait for him to get healthy in a few weeks and go from there. So I think they're probably, in terms of January football, in better shape. I think the, the Packers in general will be fine, but I don't know if what they have is sustainable unless the defense just continues to get better and help them out on the other side of the ball. Uh, great graphic here from our, our stats department. The lowest uh, passing yards through three games, uh, 673 for Tom Brady since 2018. Three passing touchdowns through three games, his lowest since 2014, and also his lowest passer rating since 2014 as well. The good news for the Bucks, they host the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football this coming week. They are uh, two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. They'll be getting Mike Evans back. But then they have a stretch of Falcons at home, at Steelers, at Panthers, where, you know, I, I think three and one is m- most certainly, <laughs> most certainly viable, uh, you know, there. With, with That's, if you're watching on YouTube, that FaceTime Brady's making, he just realized he gets to play the Steelers two weeks. I don't think he's scared of the Steelers. Uh, then they have the Ravens and the no, Rams. That's a, that's a face, uh, that, that's a look of relief on his face. That's the face that I make when Debo says, hey, can you appreciate the podcast? Because Brinson is MIA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, look. The Bucs are two and one. They haven't played the Panthers or the Falcons yet. They're in pretty good shape. Let's move on. It really was a boring game. Dolphins 21, Bills 19. This was not a boring game. Not boring. This game was wild. Uh, We had a butt punt. Uh, Ken Dorsey melted down. A bunt. Go ahead. A bunt. A a, a A punt. Okay. A bunt. A putt. A putt. (laughs) That's hard to do. Punt, 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 punt. Butt punt. Yeah. Uh, by the way, where are you at on CBS airing Ken Dorsey having a complete utter meltdown on national television for everyone across the world to enjoy together? Yeah, I, I think the only person I saw that was really upset about it was uh, Jim Nagy of um, the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I, I mean, they've been showing him in the they've been cutting to Ken Dorsey like the whole game, and then he melted down. And it's like, dude, you you know there's a camera in here. 
course we're going to show. Well, and like what you see other coaches on the sideline get upset. There's nothing against showing them. So why should any coach, assistant coach or otherwise, be exempt from that policy? And it was also what, what was more enjoyable for you, the butt punt or the Dorsey meltdown? Because I would actually vote the Dorsey meltdown, but the both butt were, punt both clearly were, it's like a very Sanchezian uh, Thanksgiving yeah. special. Both were completely unexpected. Like to you could say, I'll give you a thousand scenarios of what could happen. I would never guess the butt punt. I would never guess mild mannered. Basically, Clark Kent wearing glasses. That's like Seward Man having like a, you know, like a roid rage <laughs> out of nowhere on some old lady as she crosses the street. Um, I would vote Ken Dorsey as well, but the butt pun obviously had on-field implications towards the end of that game. Uh, somebody, I'm going, uh, either Debo pun. or Billy put a poll up in the chat. What, what was more entertaining, Dorsey meltdown or butt punt? Um, anyway, We've ahead. seen coaches meltdown all the time. Butt punts do not happen all the time. We see butts. We see punts. We don't see <laughs> butt punts. Yeah, but Breach, melt, uh, melt, rank all-time coaches meltdowns that have been caught on tape during a game, and I think Ken Dorsey is automatically in the top three. I don't even it, know who the other two are. It, it was also, I mean, like, I mean, do you count, I mean, the press conference meltdowns like the Denny Green or the Jim Mora playoffs thing? I mean, this yeah, was like... Yeah, or, or Herm Edwards, maybe. But on the field, or... Belichick slamming the tablet. He didn't say anything. It was like two seconds, right? I mean, Dorsey was like slamming papers. It's like, what, was, what, you, like, what do you think? You're, like, he's like, he's like hammering paper. He's like smashing papers. And then I, I couldn't tell whether it was his anger that got him in front of the camera and blocked it or whether it was someone who was like, oh, my God, this guy didn't know he's on camera and stuffed their hand down there. But a, a hand covered it like halfway through the meltdown. It feels like a coach at that point doesn't care. It's probably like a PR person, I would bet. Yeah, I mean, who would a PR person be in the in the coach's box? I don't know who it was. Do do we think? And I, I, I maybe he's talking sorry. about. It, but do we think that he was upset about? Um, yes. Was he upset about uh, the fact? That Ryan's, yes. What, what's that? He was nope. upset that they didn't get the playoff. Yeah, the way the play, the way the game ended, was probably pretty frustrating for him and, and millions of bell, uh, no, no, Bills. No, no, but, I, but I'm wondering if he was upset about the fact that um, Allen had to like it was like the. What, do you think he was upset about the bad snap or Isaiah McKenzie not getting out or just? The I think he out? was upset that Isaiah McKenzie didn't fall down one yard or he should have. Isaiah McKenzie was trying to get two more yards when time meant more than yardage, so he needed to get down almost as soon as he got say ten yards. He needed to get out. He just needed to get, like. Well, he, he couldn't could, get out of bounds. They had out. three guys. That wasn't a possibility. Getting yeah. down. And saving two seconds so the Bills had two more seconds to get the snap off uh, would have made sense, but he didn't do that. And I think that's what Dorsey was making. I felt like he had a look to get out of bounds if he'd sprinted, but maybe, maybe no. There's zero percent chance. Either way, don't don't try and be a hero. Just get right. Just get no, down. I love I I love the fact that Ken Dorsey looks like a human. I don't know why anyone would care that that was. It's fine. Like nothing. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, that's what I would do if I was. I, mean, I would. Be, I would maybe throw a tan like a tantrum like crazy. Uh, the uh, the Bills had. 285 more yards than the Dolphins in this game and still lost. They also ran, and I'm, I'm going to double check this and look at it to make sure I do say the numbers correctly because it sounds insane when you say it. They ran 90 plays. The Dolphins ran 39 plays. Josh Allen attempted 63 passes. And and I get that a lot of times the passing passing attempts, you know, when it's up that high, um, could absolutely you know, you know, uh, you know, it like leads to the fact that you're probably not winning because you're, you're throwing that much, right? Because you're, you're, if you're winning, your passing attempts are probably down. You're running the football, but 90 plays is bananas, man. To score 19 points on 90 plays, it was like it was Oregon 90, with Chip Kelly, and it was 90 degrees out there, and 
mostly the Bills players were uh, having trouble with the heat, at least based on the telecast. Um, Stephon Diggs cramped up at one point. Spencer Brown had to leave with a heat-related illness, I think, around halftime. Uh, the offensive lineman, so that was a concern. And the thing is, when you watch that game, it didn't feel lopsided. The score never indicated. There was never a, a, a point in the game where one team was beating one, another by 10 points or whatever. And I think the the drives were such for Buffalo that they yes. would sustain these drives. And then they end had up, 10 drives. They were averaging nine plays a drive. That's crazy. But they would end up punting. There'd be a field goal. There's a missed field goal. They lost a, a drive on downs. and then uh, they... or, or they refused to spike it at the end of the half when they well, would have had and a field goal attempt? That is a an insane play and certainly worth noting. I think what happened, just based on the replay. He fumbled it, the snap. Josh Allen definitely fumbled the snap. He fumbled the snap, the snap okay. and then I don't even know if Steph Diggs was expecting the ball. It was almost a pick six, which would, yeah. which would have been even harder. That would have been a reason for Ken Dorsey, too. Oh, yeah, the pick spike was before the half, not before the no, – yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Isaiah Simmons uh, – Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah uh, – McKenzie. McKenzie caught that ball on the final play of the game in the middle of the field. So – the last play of the first half, uh, spiking the ball is a basic play. It's so yeah, easy. And the only thing you can't do is fumble the snap, which is what he did. So, Well, the only thing you can't do is throw a pick six, which, he almost, which is what he almost did. I mean, I guess that's true. By the way, worth noting, um, there's no way on planet Earth Tua should have come back in that game, correct? Um, I mean, the NFLPA has already lost an investigation. Did you see what he looked like after he hit his head on the turf? Uh, I was I was uh, in the car on the way home, but I know that you threw out a comparison to me at a at a high level of inebriation. So you saw a breach specifically South Beach Super Bowl. Let's not get specific. <laughs> no, specifics are important. Breach. Uh, I guess it is important because they're in, they're in Miami. So breach, what breach was, was is that two they, they tried to play it off like it was actually his back injury and it had tightened up on him, and it was like. Uh, that's not what you look like when you have a back injury. That's what you look like when you have like a grade 14 concussion. I'm not a doctor, but it seemed. I don't think a grade 14 concussion. So Brits, and here's what happened. So the, the hit was clean. Now. The hit was clean. I think Matt Bellanum just sort of shoved him and he lost his balance to what did on a completion down the field and his head hit the turf pretty hard. He got up and he was wobbly. He went down to a knee. He got up again and he looked unstable and they had to help him to the side. It's a no brainer. Uh, Concussion protocol, the spotter calls it is like, get go get him checked out. So here's the thing. And uh, our Jonathan Jones tweeted this out shortly after he came back to a did to I think this happened two minutes ago before the half and he came back in the third quarter. So there, there's a protocol in place. We talk about the protocols all the time. So you get to the sideline, you remove the helmet and he can't go if uh, let's see what it says. If there's a history of an event, I don't know. If who has a concussion history, if concussion signs or symptoms are present, um, if you, you evaluate the speech, if there's an observation of the gate, he fell down coming off the field, eye movements and uh, eye action. And if all those things happen, it, it's a no-go. Um, motor gross instability, confusion, amnesia. I don't know if Tua, Tua could remember anything or not, but he certainly was confused for a moment there. But for some somehow, some way, he ended up back in the game. And the other thing is they play Thursday yeah, I mean, night. He looks, he like Watching the video, he looks like floppy. Yeah. I mean, we talked this last year with Mahomes when he looked dazed when he got hit and he said it was a neck or something, so something similar. Um, and, and Tua only missed three snaps. But and, they had, they had clear, this, is not a Tua, this is not a Tua question. By the this way, just to be clear, question. though, Breach said three. Yeah, but there's halftime in between. So he had probably right, right. 20 minutes. Um, no, this is a safety question. This has nothing. I'm glad Tua's playing well and Tua's playing better than Mac Jones and, and all that other stuff. But just safety wise, either the rules are in place or not. So. You know, that's just 
And they play Thursday night, which is the other thing to keep in mind. Yep. At Cincinnati, they are uh, three point dogs to the Bengals. Uh, hey, look, let's um, let's take a moment here and note that Tua is. Um, I I saw that at NFL and CBS tweeted this out. He ranks first in the NF in the uh, in the NFL and wins, which okay, that's whatever. Uh, quarterback rating though second, pass yards second, pass touchdowns tie for third. Are okay. What? And I'm going to try and not. Leave. I want, I'm curious what you guys think about the Dolphins and Tua and what their upside is for the 2022 season. And, and, and like, I, cause I think Mike McDaniel has done a fantastic job as the coach. He's opened up the offense much more. I mean, they, you know, they didn't score a ton of points. And I, I do think that a couple, like it wouldn't be shocking if they were two and one instead of three and oh, given how these games have played out, but they are three and oh, and they are in first place in the AFC East. What, what do you, if you, you rub your little crystal ball breach, where you, uh, where you, where, where do you have the dolphins finishing? Uh, the same place I have them finishing before the season started. Second place in the AFC East behind Buffalo. This, I mean, you already mentioned everything. If you, if somebody did not watch this game and just looked at the box score, they would assume the Bills won 41 to 17. And it was just every possible positive thing that could fall the Dolphins way. Except fell, fell their way, whether it was Buffalo botching, uh, the, the spike plays, getting down their timing issues at the end of the half, at the end of the game. Uh, Buffalo's fumble, uh, just a missed field goal by Tyler Bass. There were just all these weird mistakes that all went Miami's way. And to their credit, they take advantage of them. They win. The same thing happened in Baltimore last week. But, you know, you look at this game, they trailed for, like, they only led for 10 of the 60 minutes. Against Baltimore, it was fewer minutes than that. And it was just, they're walking a fine line and eventually that bites you. But the difference I would say, you're not wrong, but the difference I would say about this week and last week's game against the the Ravens is, is that they were never more than one score behind. 14-7. Seven at halftime. Are you saying for this game, this week, this week? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 14-7 in the second quarter, then 21-17 um, that they went up in the fourth quarter uh, before the lead was cut to 21-19. So I, I think they were able to keep it close. But if you look at the stats, you, you're right, Breach. You would have a hard time figuring out how they won this game. Uh, Tyreek didn't get involved. Like he, he had two catches for 33 yards, and Jalen didn't get involved until later. They were still finding ways to do it, and a credit goes to the defense. The defense was actually getting after Josh Allen consistently. Yes. Now, heat or otherwise, I don't know. It doesn't matter. They have players at all four levels who are really good in, in Miami, and I think that could be sort of something the Dolphins lean on if the offense isn't clicking. But the fact that Tua went 13 of 18 for 186 and a touchdown, and it felt like he played a lot better than that, that's a great sign. Because I think you'd rather have those numbers than have Josh wow. Allen's numbers, 42, 63 for 400, and, and <laughs> lose the game. Um, and I think there was a stat like uh, they're 0 7 also lost seven consecutive one-score games. That's crazy, man. That's the stat, right, 0-7. Um, uh, and if, um, you, if you don't – I mean, look, and again, this is not – if you told somebody, I'm not throwing shade at the Dolphins. Clearly, they, the Dolphins are three and zero. I'm taking it on the chin. It's fine. If you told somebody the Bills had 31 first downs and the Dolphins 15, the Bills converted 61 percent of their third downs, and that they had 497 yards to the Dolphins 212, and that the yards per play were about even. The like the score that the you told like the score that you got back from the person you told this information to would be like 41 10 Buffalo, right? Yeah, no, that's right. But I think, you know, like I mentioned earlier, all those yards were in the middle of the field. And once they got to the red zone, they sort of, the offense sort of crapped out for Buffalo. So credit to Miami. And I think Mike McDaniel is my early front runner for coach of the year. Um, oh, yeah. 
Well, Nathaniel Hackett would like a word, but he's talking about Brown would like a word too. Um, but look, Mike McDaniel, the bottom line is they won. They won without a great offensive game. They won without Tyreek Hill having a massive game. They um, put up 212 yards of offense. Only one other team has won a game this year with fewer than 215 yards of offense. Yeah. And, and, and look, this has been the, the Bears. We we saw this with the with the Chiefs last year when Mahomes struggled early on, and this is what people have been doing to the Bills is forcing them to be patient and forcing Josh Allen to take what he can get underneath. And you get it, you end up with a ton of yards. You throw the ball a bunch, and Miami would get after him when they needed to. And the other thing about Buffalo, you know, Jordan Poyer didn't play in this game. He was he was inactive. Uh, he could be back next week. But Micah Hyde is done for the season. Like I think that's a huge deal for Buffalo. To like those safeties are sort of like that's kind of sort of the identity and the the fulcrum I think of that defense. And I, I worry a little. I mean, their offense can be fine for the for, we think. Yeah, but you say that, but you look at the look at the numbers that the Dolphins put up offensively. They didn't do anything. No, I know. I mean, yeah, I'm not. And you should be more worried about the Dolphins secondary and the Dolphins defense. They're giving up three hundred and. Four no. over four hundred yards per game against the best. Who said Doug Marone? Did you say Doug Marone or did I say no, Wilson? Not he's, against the best. They played it. the Patriots. I mean, Doug Peterson, obviously. Doug, I didn't know what you meant, Doug Marone, for either. I was like, what is that about? But breach. This is the it's best. Not offense just today, game. though. They gave up a ton of yards last week. They gave up a ton of yards to the Patriots, even yeah. though the Patriots only scored. We'll seven talk points. about Lamar in a little bit, but he's doing okay too. Turns out he doesn't suck. Right, anyway, I think, but it, it would be if you look at the Bills. If you, excuse me, if you look at the Dolphins schedule, they're at the Bengals on Thursday. You know, they could they could definitely win that game. The Bengals have not played well enough to say that the Dolphins can't win the game. It's a three-point game. Then they're at the Jets, Vikings at home, Steelers at home, at the Lions, at the Bears, Browns at home, Texans at home. Like this is that is a that is a schedule of a team that is going to the playoffs. I mean, okay. I mean, I think you're getting a little far ahead of yourself in terms of what the, the schedule looks like in a few weeks, but. Yeah, I mean those are tough games. I, I don't think they're necessarily they layups. I, 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 oh, the Bengals I, I, are tough. The Vikings are tough. Uh, the Lions we we've seen aren't going. They're going to play tough the whole time. The Browns, they're not bad with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, there's some wins on that schedule, but I don't think there are any. You know, I, I think, I think the there. Dolphins. I think when the Dolphins go to the Week Eleven bye, they will be eight and two. <laughs> okay. We'll see. Like I said, you're you're incredibly optimistic about schedules when you look at them. So maybe I'm not worried about the Bills. They'll be fine, but they've not been great in Florida. All right, moving well, on. No, the defense will be a question. I think Breach is right about that, but just not not this not not on Sunday. Broncos 11, 49ers 10. All right, next game. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here? Uh, the big winner in this game is Dan Orlovsky because Jimmy Garoppolo. I uh, put actually stepped out of the end zone with both feet, which is very difficult to do. Um, you know, yeah, the best he, part of that play, it's not that Dan Orlovsky's off the hook. It's that if dumbass Jimmy G had stayed in bounds, it'd have been a pick six. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's actually like a beneficial safety. I mean, it, it, do you guys, does anyone want to revise the 49ers upgraded with Trey Lance getting hurt? Take. I do. I apologize in HQ because I fell for that BS. I said, Oh, Jimmy's going to refine himself. He is who he thought he was. And to, Re, uh, to re-mention Danny Green's name. And I think that Kyle Shanahan hates him. I think he absolutely despises <laughs> what, what they Jimmy- would cut to him on the sideline. He would just be shit. You could, you could, I almost felt like Shannon hated me. That's how, that was a scowl on his face. 
it was just like he could not believe it, and he wanted to like get Mr. Miyagi to magically heal Trey Lance's ankle so he could you know anyone at quarterback besides Garoppolo. You know, it's funny, Breach. I now thinking back, you know, when you have more information, and you look back on an event, it makes more sense. I wonder if they gave up 47 first round picks to get Trey Lance just to spite Jimmy, to say, This is how much we hate you. We're going to get a guy that didn't even play last year. Played FCS and only played four games a year before that. Slight exaggeration because you are that bad. Now, again, I'm, I'm sort of half joking, but Jimmy G was good last week and he was absolutely dog crap terrible on, on Sunday night. I want to ask this though. I was watching this game in the third quarter thinking, do you think that let, let's just assume Russ was like not a diva, if that's the, the word we want to use in terms of why he left Seattle, but he was just like a run of the mill, boring quarterback, but played the way he does now. Do you think he would have been better off staying in Seattle? Like that team might be better than the Broncos. Looks, like if the Broncos are in first place in the AFC West by some miracle of of the football gods at two and one, they haven't scored twenty points. They they're off, I mean Daniel Hackett is like one of the big storylines in the NFL. Nathaniel? Russell Wilson has been horrific. Like I am, I mean I would be I am concerned about the Broncos moving forward because Russ doesn't look like himself, and I don't know if it's an offensive thing. I like. He hadn't been good, really good for close to a year now. I will say that as the person who picked the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. How do you feel about that? I feel better than I did two weeks ago. Okay. Uh, but they should have beaten the Seahawks by two touchdowns. I fumbled twice at the one-yard line. This is a team that could very well be 3-0 and despite how badly their offense has played. And I think Wilson made a good point a week or two ago after one of our Sunday recaps is that, you. you know, when, when Tom Brady switched teams – he was going into a Bruce Arian system that existed. That, this is my that point. Had, I've, been saying, I've been saying this point for three months. It's the point I made. It was Matthew Stafford. When he switched teams, everything was all set up for let, him. Let Breach make the point it's about not a me. good point by Wilson. It's a point I've been saying, like, hammering for three months. The last person who said it to me was Wilson. I'm just actually doing what Brinson always does. Yeah, um, so anyway, long story short is that, so you're two and one, and this offense is just going to, uh, yeah, they struggled. They struggled last week. They struggled in week one. But, Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett are finding their way together. And so despite Nathaniel Hackett's boneheaded calls and game management, they're still two and one, despite the fact that Wilson has been struggling, they're still two and one, but I think the offense is only going to get better mainly because I don't think it can get worse. Breach and talking right now. They've got winnable games. Two and one, it, man. Two and got, one. Like, Breach, Breach, I, if, I thought you were going to bust out. Like Russell looked at Nathaniel Hackett on the beach and said, there were only one set of footprints because I carried you this far. He That's drove right. them 80 yards. It was a vintage Russell Wilson drive for the game winner. So uh, just four, to be clear. one of 10 on third down. That's why they lost. That's right. And well, they Russ lost because Jimmy Garoppolo is on the team. Uh, the fumbles. He went any worse than Russell in this game. He fumbled a snap, um, which no, he was, everyone forgot about because of the safety. He was considerably worse than Russell in this game. That's how bad Jimmy Garoppolo was. There was no redeeming quality for the final 45 minutes the way Jimmy Garoppolo play, played. And look, Breach is the most positive person we know. And for him to say that Kyle Shanahan looks like he wanted to shoot laser beams out of his eyes at Jimmy Garoppolo based on the the nonsense that we saw on the so field. You don't think Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo are finding their way together? Is that what you're saying? He ain't carry him across the beach. I'll say <laughs> that. Drowning Jimmy. Like, there's, there's only one set of footprints because I dragged you out there and drowned you, Jimmy. That's why. And by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo is also obscuring the fact that Nathaniel Hackett did better on Sunday night, but that offense looks like crap. He did better he had in the two sense terrible that he, challenges, and he 
Oh, by like the way, that, that bench. Yeah, but let me let me look that up real quick. He did better in the sense that he got the, the field goal team out there on time and they didn't get delayed. I cannot believe Mike Tariqa was pretty. He's Mike Tariqa was like, hey, look, give give the credit. That field goal team was right out there right away. It's like, yeah, it's you and I, but it hadn't happened the previous two weeks. So here's the thing. Next next gen stats tweeted this out. Uh on fourth and inches, trailing 10 to 5. I mean, that's oh, the yeah. actual score. Early in the fourth quarter, the Broncos elected to punt. It was like uh, they're on their. It was minus thirty five. They're on their own thirty five yard line. Fourth, it was fourth and inches, uh, and the number said go for it by almost five percent. The Broncos have gotten only one of seven calls correctly when the number said go by plus two percent or more this season. Minus thirty one point five percent win probability loss, Incredible. and they're still two and one. You know who this team is, by the way? They're the twenty twenty one Atlanta Falcons. Remember that team won every game by four points and seven wins on that schedule, like and they were two thousand twelve Raiders, maybe. I don't even remember who was on that team. <laughs> was it the Raiders who, like, it was like was the Hugh Jackson and, Raiders? Maybe it was the 2016 Raiders. I can't remember anyway. It, it, was a, it was the Jack Del Rio team that went to the playoffs, but Derek Carr broke his leg at Christmas. All right, let me ask you guys this. Who wins more games this year, the 49ers or the Broncos? Yeah, we, we talked about this on, on HQ, and, man, Jimmy Garoppolo worries the, the, the dookie out of me. But I, He's a backup quarterback. Stop it. He is not a backup quarterback. He's literally the backup quarterback who's playing because of the starter. He was, he's been a backup quarterback for exactly three months. Prior to that, he was the guy. Okay. Um, Kyle Shanahan loved him until he realized that he didn't love him. But I'm taking Kyle Shanahan over Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. That said, I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett's going to be the coach you know, by Thanksgiving. So who knows? I'll go with the 49ers. I don't feel great about either call. Breacher, yeah. obviously, you say the Broncos because you picked the Broncos. Oh, yeah, you have to say And I'm a Kyle Shanahan Junkie, so I'll say uh, but it's uh, not particularly. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more Sunday recap next. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. The Ravens. Moved to two and one with a victory. I believe I saw that it's the first ever victory for the Ravens. Is that in New England in the regular season? Is that right? That's crazy. I guess it's not that crazy. The Ravens were sort of formed like right around when Bill Belichick started coaching. So you know, maybe it makes sense. Joe Flacco, you realize, was the coach for quite a while. The coach, the quarterback, quarterback. For the Ravens for quite mm-hmm. Ravens. He won. He won playoff games in there, though, right? Yeah, I think him and um, Ray Rice in two thousand eight. I think they won that playoff game. That's right. It's after Wes Welker tore his ACL in week 17 against Houston, and Belichick stopped uh, running. That was 2009. Yeah. That was 2009. Lamar Jackson became the second player in NFL history to record at least four touchdown passes, 100 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown in a single game, joining Randall Cunningham. Yeah. Did it in November 4th, 1990. Jackson recorded three touchdowns and 119 rushing yards in week two. So he's the first player in the Super Bowl era to record at least three touchdown passes and 100 or more rushing yards in consecutive games. Hey, let me ask you a quick question. See if you guys know this. Without cheating, breach eyes up. Do you guys know where Randall Cunningham went to college? I bet I bet Debo and Billy don't know either, even though they're huge Eagles fans. Um UNLV. Is it, ah! Did you cheat? What'd you no. say? I know it. 
He went to Jerry, uh, Jerry Tarkanian School of, of Business. Oh, that's right. Oh, um, good call, Breach. It actually popped in my head right. But I couldn't let anybody else spit it out. Gotcha. Hey, there's something interesting about um, the Ryan oh, Reps. No, just talk about the Ravens for a second while I try to figure out. Oh, yeah, Breach. I want to make fun of you because you said you couldn't believe that uh, the Dolphins defense gave up so many yards to the Ravens last week. No, no, I didn't say that. I said they're giving up more than 400 yards a game and they've played Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, and today's game. Well, let me ask you this. So I was watching this Ravens game and watching my guy McCorkle Jones really make me look bad. Uh, with three interceptions, no touchdowns. But in terms of Lamar Jackson, you know, we used to make fun of Jerry Jones about Dak Prescott and refusing to pay him and how it cost him probably an extra $5 million a year by the time he did, they got around to signing him. Do you, is it worth whatever Lamar is going to get, 50-plus million a year, if the Ravens win the Super Bowl and they drug their feet on signing him? Now, it wasn't entirely the Ravens' fault. I don't think they tried to get Lamar signed in August, but the two sides didn't come to an agreement. I know, I know, I, like, all right, hold on. This feels like a situation where – Lamar is playing so out of his mind that you're willing to, to pay the price of inflation if you actually get a Lombardi trophy. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> they He wouldn't sign. It's not like they're winning two football games. Like, I would almost think Steve Bashad would be like, okay, fine. I will pay him what he wants. He He's that good. If they win the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're going to pay. You can't let him walk after he wins the Super Bowl. It's just... I'm trying to paint as rosy a picture as possible as opposed to losing the first round of the playoffs still have to pay him $52 million a year. I, I do think that that would make things interesting if they got to the playoffs and lost in the first round again. And then... If he plays like this the whole season and they just lose in the first round of the playoffs, that doesn't make things interesting. He's getting whatever he wants. What if they lose 70 to nothing and he throws 10 interceptions against yeah. the Bengals? That would be tough. <laughs> there you I mean, go. Lamar Jackson is... The, he said... Give me this. The Ravens said, no, we want to give you this. He said, no. And they said, I'm going to bet on myself like the guy Joe Flacco did 10 years ago. And he's he's performing at a level that is going to force them to pay him. The, if they lose in the first round of the playoffs, that is not going to just like, – and he has an MVP caliber season. It's not going to can the idea that he has to get all this money. No, I, Breach isn't saying that. He just thinks it would be interesting. By the yeah. way, I, I remembered what it was. I couldn't – I can't Yeah, what are you looking up? That was so crazy. What? No, I'm saying if, if they win the Super Bowl, you blindly give them whatever he wants. If you lose in the first round of the playoffs, you're not blindly doing it. There's a you little open bit your time. eyes and you give them right. the exact same thing. Probably. What guest on this podcast? Uh oh. Previously, Mina, Mina played, Kimes. Next question. Right ahead, played quarterback at UNLV before Randall Cunningham. Oh, Mike Glennon. Everyone knows that. So who's been on this podcast since that age? Because Randall's probably 53, maybe 54, 55. He was in the early 80s. Is there yeah. a list of every guest we've ever had? No, but tell us whether you pay attention to this podcast or not. Pete Prisco? No. Like, who's Pete's age that's been on this podcast that doesn't hate you? <laughs> Do they work at CBS Sports? No, they don't. All right, I'll give you a quick, because we, we don't need to sit here and, like, waste guest yeah. time. Kenny Maine. Oh. I thought he played basketball. No, we talked about There you go. Somebody, uh, John Stitchin in the, in, the, in the chat got it. Kenny Maine, he played, he, we actually, he talked about, he talked about, I think he played with Randall, but it's hard to get exact stats from the early 80s. And ironically enough, Wilson actually did listen to that podcast. Kenny Maine actually had to try out the Seahawks and then injured his ankle and then never right. played football again. It was a good podcast. You check it out. Um, Lamar Jackson actually has like better rushing stats, better maybe total stats than he did in 2019. Who's the MVP right now, Lamar Jackson or, or uh, Jalen Hurts? Oh, that's a good one. 
I'll give them both um, conference player of the year. That way we can all be happy. Or, oh yeah, um, actually, we should point out that. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, seven to one. Josh Allen, three to one. Patrick Mahomes, five and a half to one. Um, so I would, I would take both Lamar and, J- and um, Jalen. Feel great about it. I definitely think that the Ravens are the best team in that division, but the Ravens do also have serious weaknesses that could open the door for, I would think, pro- maybe the Browns because I don't think so. We talked about it on Thursday, but probably more likely the Bengals who started to put things together. I, I don't think it's as if the Ravens can fix their defense, they are a real problem. But right now the defense is a real problem. Um, yeah. They, they still on JPP, but I mean, there's a reason he was out there. I mean, the Pats hung 26 on them. The Pats are not very good. And the Pats are going to be worse yep. because Mac Jones, high ankle sprain. I know Tom Curran of um, CSN New England posted a picture where it looked like uh, Mac was in extreme pain, headed back to the locker room. Yeah, he can walk. He was there literally was, yeah, he's being, yeah, he's being held back there. like a cowboy and it to the sidelines. Do the, do the Patriots have a uh, you know, prayer in hell with uh, Brian Hoyer and um, to do what? Sappy? Yeah, like to win next week or to get the playoffs? They're not going to the playoffs. Yeah, so you 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 would you would you would write off the Patriots completely this year. Uh, yeah. Have you seen them play? <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Seattle's put that put that comment up. This is great. I, we need to clip that breaches finding their way together. Uh, it's, it's That's Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett who have never been together. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge have a history. Look at this, Wilson. Look, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are finding their way together. Yeah. I cannot yeah. wait until you guys have to get a Broncos logo tattooed on you after they win the Super Bowl. And my prediction comes true. Um, so the, I mean, the Patriots just don't look good. They're bad. All right, like yeah. All right, I you mean, have to. This is a. You get a. You get a. This is life or death. Okay. If you're wrong, you die. I would rather have a tattoo. Who, who <laughs> finishes, who finishes higher in the division, the Jets or the or the or the Patriots? The Patriots. Patriots. Okay, so they're not that bad. I mean, they have. I, Joe I watched Flacco. the Jets for all four quarters today, and that was the first time, and I it hurt. Turns out Joe Flacco is not elite. That was on me. My bad. He was for ninety seconds last week. Yeah, that's all it's it took. Pounds. It's just hard to find a path to the playoffs for the Patriots. Twenty-eight to one to win the division—that is wild, man. That is no, it's wild. not. If you've watched them play, I mean, they're. I have, I have watched them play. I'm saying it's just wild to consider that a Belichick team three weeks in the season is thirty to one to win the division. Well, I mean, you know, Josh Allen is Josh Allen. Two is exceeding expectations, and Mike McDaniel's doing a great job there. And are, New England is worried about your Mac Jones. Yes. Oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He has not played well. He had a couple good throws uh, against the Ravens. He had, he had some not so great throws in the in the way of three interceptions, um, forcing balls down the field, and you know he's got sorted out. That's this. Here's the thing, though. I, I, every week uh, on HQ, I always say, uh, and on the podcast, they got to figure out a way to do X, Y, and Z. And we'll talk about it in a second with the, the the Bengals. But it's hard to fix things that suck on your team in the middle of a year when you don't have players to access to to fix the suck. So you know, Mac Jones played well last year at times, and uh, Tyquan Thornton, they drafted in the second round. He hasn't played yet because of shoulder injury. He'll be out for a few more weeks, so they could use someone some help there. Devontae Parker went five for one fifty six. I mean, that's not sustainable. No. So, yeah, it, it's it's well. Trouble. And Wilson, you bring it up being able to fix things in the middle of the year is also why I would be a little concerned about the Ravens. They are giving up more than four hundred and fifty yards per game. That's an insane yeah. number. They're doing some problem. Yeah, and so if you're going to be playing. Uh, once they get the teams that are offensively better than the Patriots, which are almost everybody, except the Steelers, except 
the Steelers. It's going to be, they have the Bills and the Bengals. The Bills and the Bengals at home in the next two weeks. I mean, like, that's. I'll just, I'm going to call it now. They're going to beat the Bengals by 40 points. Just, you've heard it here first. I hope so. Um, Then they're at the Giants, Browns at home, at Buccaneers, at Saints. You know, I I would expect, I just think Baltimore is a very good team that has to figure out how to fix some stuff on defense. And and we we don't know. Well, that's, that's what we're talking about. Can you do it? Um, Okay. Moving along. Patriots are toast. Ravens are a contender, but have some question marks. Toast. Time for a little patent on the back because the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, it's the, the Chargers worst stadium. case scenario for me. It really is. And beat the living snot out of the Chargers. 38 to 10 is their largest, excuse me, it's their third largest road win in franchise history. It snapped a 10 game road losing streak. Trevor Lawrence. Six touchdowns, one interception through his first three games of the season. And while his first week, which you guys criticize aggressively, was not great, his last two weeks have been the best two games of his professional career. And he looks like he is a franchise. I mean, and I'm not trying to jump this far ahead, but Trevor Lawrence is appears to be the guy that we thought Trevor Lawrence would be, thanks to not Urban Meyer being around. Yeah, no, not Urban Meyer. That's that's. Patent pending, Brinson's little trademark saying there. Uh, another fun fact, unless you're a Chargers fans, the last time the Jags had a 20-point lead in back-to-back games, you guys want to guess what year that was? Uh, 1995. 96. 2000. The, the, the Jaguars were formed at 95, I believe. Yeah. The year 2000 versus the Browns and the Cards, and oddly enough, Doug Peterson was a quarterback uh, with the Browns that year. Yeah, that's that's a fun fact from NFL on CBS. Uh, here's the funny thing. Like, um, oh, oh when, by the way, speaking of uh, the social media team, hey, if you're gonna steal my tweets, what? That's an accusation, Brinson. Wrong accusation. Or, or put put the tweet in the in the photo. I work for I work. We work for the same company. There's literally no one else who thought Doug Marone. Is, I mean, Doug. God, twice now. Doug Peterson is now tied for fifth with Urban Meyer for most wins in Jaguar franchise history. Like, I no one else. That, I saw that. that tweet from our social media team and thought you stole it from them, which seems more plausible. You saw the but, tweet? They, they sent that tweet out? It was hilarious. You didn't see it? It got like 400 retweets. Breach, look how mad he is right now. Like I he know. can't, he can't, it smoke's coming out of his ears. It's on Instagram. Just tag me, man. No one cares but you. What I was going to say is um, when Justin Herbert, um, let's see, let me get the, the chronology right here. Justin Herbert last year playing like that, that's best case scenario in terms of the draft prospects for Trevor Lawrence come out of Clemson. We didn't see that last year in Jacksonville because, of course, as we talked about, Urban Meyer dysfunction, so on and so forth. On Sunday, Trevor Lawrence played like Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert played like someone who uh, had like 15 broken ribs and was in a lot of pain. And I, I think this game is a huge victory for the Jaguars. I don't think it says much about the Chargers other than they, they were incredibly banged up. No Bosa. Rashawn Slater left. That's a problem at halftime, I believe. The left tackle. Um, no Keenan Allen, and obviously Justin Herbert playing. No J.C. Jackson. No J.C. Jackson. So in week three, also felt like the the sort of tipping point for a lot of these teams where their best players were hurt, and you can't play well without your best players consistently. And that's, I think, had a lot to do with some of these outcomes. So whatever, man, the Jaguars went to L.A. They won by four touchdowns. That's a huge win for them. And thank God that the social media team sent that tweet out about Doug Peterson because it was hilarious. And also, look, we ripped Nathaniel Hackett the last couple of weeks, but Brandon Staley 
Why is Justin Herbert in the game on fourth and five with 10 seconds left, throwing passes where he could take hits on his injured ribs when he's down by four touchdowns? I mean, that had to be the worst coaching decision of a franchise quarterback. I mean, it's just insane that he was still in there. What has happened to Brandon Staley over the last three games? I I mean, we talked about leave him in after the. I know he was in down three touchdowns. They took him out after that, right? No, he was in with 10 seconds left. He was in for the final offense to play the game for the Chargers. He was literally like laying on the ground under sacks, like grimacing in pain. What is wrong with this team? Why would you? What do you, would you have? You, you, the Dolphins, you, they gave you Justin Herbert because they, they took Tua, but it's fine. Tua looks good now, but you got, you have Justin Herbert. You can't make the playoffs with him, and you're trotting him out there. You're letting him, like, basically letting him decide if he wants to take a painkiller or a shot, a shot of something in to fix his ribs when the only reason he ended up starting his rookie year is because the same doctor who's giving him that painkiller actually jabbed Tyrod Taylor in the wrong spot, forcing him to miss the game, and put Justin, Justin Herbert in there. What are we doing? What is happening here? They took precautions to make sure they didn't collapse Justin's lung, if that makes you feel Just don't better. play him in this game. It's that easy. Well, I'm sure if Brandon Saylor had a time machine, he would probably take him out in the final two minutes. He may have played the other 58, 48 minutes, uh, 58 minutes, that is. Um, yeah, it, it's weird. Like, Brandon Staley, 2022 versus 2021, is a completely different person. Like, you know, I'm not one that believes in alien abductions, but it feels like Brandon Staley's been abducted and is somewhere in a spaceship hovering over the Earth wondering why his uh, doppelganger is doing everything the exact opposite that he would do it. It's weird. Jaguars, uh, Jaguars look legit, man. Yeah, I mean, they they played a team that looked like the Jaguars last year, if we're being honest. But, yeah, it's a win. It's on the road. It counts. They're 2-1. and one. It's awesome. I'm glad they're having success. I'm glad Doug's winning. Um, it is hilarious. James Robinson had 100 rushing yards, had a 50-yard. He ripped off a 50-yarder. And all I could think was that Urban Meyer benched him last year because he fumbled the ball once. What and doing? even Trevor Lawrence is like, James really should be in there. Right. Coach. Right. It's unbelievable. It's like all you needed was just not Urban Meyer. Numb. Not Urban Meyer. Uh, Jen Silvius in the chat asks, semi-related to I might take us to Chargers Chiefs in November. I'm going to be in LA, LA that weekend. Yeah, just to go see the stadium. And it's Chargers Chiefs. You got Herbert and Mahomes. You should absolutely buy tickets to that. Okay. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, yeah. All right. Let's move on to another matchup in the AFC South. The Colts beat the Chiefs 20 to 17. God. AFC Man. West owned by the AFC South. Reach and I mentioned this briefly uh, during the uh the early odds look ahead, but it did not like, it was almost like, how did that loss happen? It, it was, it was one of those where a clearly superior team is on the road and just makes just enough mistakes where they allowed the, the team that was trailing to, to hang around and you, you know, you just give them a little bit of hope. I'm going to say two words as to why they lost and breach. You can explain it. Cause this is your area. Special teams. Sure. All special teams. I've never seen more of a special teams disaster. We started the day with this disaster, end the day with a great punters duel. So it almost <laughs> saved the day. But I mean, this was, I have, you don't really hear about special teams costing you the game over four quarters. You know, like maybe your kicker misses a field with three seconds left, and that's the deciding factor. But over the course of a game to have your special teams totally melt down, uh, the Chiefs muffed a punt on uh, after Indianapolis's first possession. The Colts recovered at the four yard line. Boom. Drove four yards, scored a touchdown. Uh, they missed a field goal from 34 yards hey, let, out. Me, let me stop you real quick. because So Sky Moore muffed the punt, the rookie out of Western Michigan. Um, the very next drive on the punt, he said, okay, I'll get out of the way. They downed the punt like at the two-yard line. So he didn't even do his job in catching the ball at the 10 or wherever it would have been. And I was like, okay, th- this guy's in his own head. That's a problem. 
that's a bad sign for the rest of the day. Okay, continue. Yes, and uh, Chiefs actually part on that drive. So yeah, so then you have Matt Amendola, the backup kicker, who's only in because Harrison Butker injured his ankle. Amendola misses a 34-yard field goal, misses an extra point. So now we're at four points that you're missing just from your kicker, along with the seven you gave up to the muff punt. So we're up to 11. Uh, then Andy Reid decides to get crazy and calls for a fake field goal on fourth and 11. Like if it's fourth and two or fourth and three, you want to be tricky that and have your holder throw a pass. I get it. But your holder is not going to complete an 11-yard pass. And of course, he didn't. But if uh, it had been thrown properly, I only saw the replay in, in passing. Would it have been enough for a first down? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it's who knows. But so right there, if you kick the field goals, that's 14 points the Chiefs could have had or 14 point difference um, in a game that the Colts won by three. So less impressive win, the Broncos or the Colts? The Colts. I think the Broncos is less impressive. No, because the Broncos oh, weren't given the team? game. The Broncos took it. They weren't given the game. The, the Colts <laughs> were given the game. My bad. I forgot the Broncos are your Super Bowl team. That's, what, that's do you, what do you mean that the, the Colts didn't? Jimmy he G stepped out of the back of the end zone. A, a muffed punt that gives you a, the ball at the four-yard line. That's a free touchdown. A missed field goal. A missed extra point. You do understand that the 49ers. A horrible fake field goal call. And Patrick Mahomes spatting with Eric Bannon. You do understand. That's, that's the most overblown crap. The Broncos won by one point. Uh, and the safety cost you two points. So Yeah, Matt yeah. Ryan drove down the field, scored a touchdown, and then they picked off Patrick Mahomes in September. Like, they took it. I was outraged, by the way, that they showed Patrick yeah. Mahomes and, and the enemy. Chatting, you want you want to do you have a you want to take that upstairs to the uh, HR complain about it with CBS because that's CBS that was Nancy Roma. So, uh, well, they were they, so they were working. asking us to please drug test breach. <laughs> Actually, in his contract, he can't be drug tested or charged with any felonies uh, for work related activities. The Chiefs uh, yeah. died by a thousand paper cuts. They made a thousand mistakes. Yeah, no, the Colts right. did not look great in this game. I don't think that's that. Yeah, Jimmy G stepped out of the back of the end zone, so like I don't know what to do. So any concern right, like the Broncos dominated the 49ers offense the whole entire game. Okay, so, one drive in that game. Again, stop stop hitting the the uh the pipe there off air. Uh let me and ask Brinson you this. just said that the Colts won it with interception, so did the 49ers. So the, your Broncos, Broncos breached two turnovers. I can't handle whole, I can't handle a whole season this Broncos thing. Well, just let, let, let me sort of tweak a little bit. So you your Broncos you brought it up. Your Broncos breach are tied for first place with the Chiefs. Brinson, I'll start with you. Are you less concerned about oh the Chiefs or the Broncos? Yeah, all right, breach. You want to just just you just want to tip your cap and we'll move on from this question because it's very obvious. That, like, are right, you you can right now live or die? You got to pick the winner. You got to pick the winner. The high the, who finishes higher in the AFC West, the Chiefs or the Broncos? I'm going to go through. I picked in the preseason the Chiefs. Why would I switch? Oh, you see, he can't even tell. He told it himself. Classic breach. He like has the 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 wild card, so he can also get the Chiefs right. That is so you. you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Let's get Breach less ride tattoo on like a Russell Wilson. Less ride. Mr. Unlimited. Less ride. All right. Um what's next? I'm not worried about the Chiefs. The Colts, it's it's a huge win. They're somehow one, one, and one. Um I don't think they're very good. I mean, the Chiefs should have put the Chiefs should have put them away. Yes, I, I Again, do agree with that. I mean, like it, it, the, the the Chiefs allowed the Colts to hang around. Harrison Bucker's coming back. Yeah, and the Chiefs, be, the Chiefs the Chiefs struggled a little bit last year too. Like they are do they are integrating a bunch of new parts. 
What's weird is that it was against a Gus Bradley defense after Patrick Mahomes had absolutely shredded Gus Bradley defenses well, again. Like every time they played for the last three years. Gus Bradley, special teams coach, they would have crushed him. Unfortunately, he coached defense. I mean, Mahomes wasn't very good. He's 20-35. I mean, he was, he was okay. He was good enough to win. Les Breach just gave, Breach just gave me 14 points. Lost. Hey, guys. Matt Ryan and Frank Reich are just finding their way together. Okay, There you go. What's next? All right. The Titans and the Raiders. Gosh. You know what I was thinking before you get into this? No one in our draft of 20 teams took the took the Titans. We're losers. Titans are well, they're one and two. What are we talking about? Raiders are 0-3. We, uh, obviously, the Titans are more likely the team to make a playoff run than the Raiders. Well, yeah. The Raiders are done. They're done. The Raiders, right? They're done. Like, I... Breach is incredibly optimistic about the AFC West. Is there is there a path, Breach, for the Raiders to get to the playoffs, you think? Is there a path? Uh, I mean, you look at who they've played so far and the three teams they've lost to, and, I mean, it's a disaster right now. How do you feel being Josh McDaniels and you've flamed out during your stint as the Broncos coach? Now, here you are. Uh, you blew a 20 nothing to lead to the Cardinals last week. Mm. Uh, you probably could have beaten the Chargers in week one. You lost that game by five points. Now you lost the Titans by two, and your heat season's basically hanging on by a thread with two AFC West divisional opponents coming up in the next two so weeks. So you mentioned uh, Josh McDaniels. What do you think Devontae Adams thinking? Do you think he wishes he were still, still in Green Bay? Yes. I mean, look, he. I don't know. There was never any public animosity between him and Aaron Rodgers, and clearly he said he wanted to be with Derek Carr, his buddy from college. But it doesn't seem to be clicking, and that's not entirely Derek Carr's fault. In fact, the there was an interception in the end zone that went right through Darren Waller's hand late in that game. Um, that's on Darren Waller. So I don't know if Derek Carr's been the issue. Uh, the defense is an absolute abomination. That's a huge concern. The Titans look like the 2021 Titans, the way they played this football game. Um, Ryan Tannehill was pretty much efficient. Derek Henry looked like himself finally. I, I don't know what to make of this Raiders team. Other than that, they're not going to the playoffs. I don't think there's 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 just no way they can go at 0-3. Well, they the just, thing is, I think most people felt like they were going to be the third or fourth place team. I the- I had them going to the playoffs. Oh, you did? Did you have them in second or third? I must have been, I think, third. I think three teams that had them third. But, you know, you couldn't lose. They had three winnable games to start off, and that was it. And, and the thing is, like, their defense just looked gassed. I mean... Against the Cardinals, they pitched a shutout in the first half, and then Kyler Murray diced them up. In this game, nothing. I mean, Ryan Tannehill looked like Tom Brady in his prime out there in the first half. You look at what the Titans did. It was, I mean, you mentioned that he looked like last year's team where the Titans literally went out and had three drives in a row of 75 yards or more to start the game. Like, that's insane. And so, Also, Also worth noting, the Raiders are one of 12 on third down. I mean, just like the 49ers, you go, if you go one of double digits on third down, you're not winning a football game. And they still, they still, both teams still had a look. The the thing about the Titans is if if they can, like Derrick Henry looked like Derrick Henry today. And they got him involved in the passing game early, which I thought was really smart, threw off the Raiders and their defensive game plan. If you can get a lead, if the Titans can get a lead, they can win. I think they can beat just about anybody with a few exceptions. But are they the best team in that division? No, the Jaguars are. I think that's right. I'm not going to push back on that. They're better than I, the Colts, though. Any any team in that division could w- win the division. I wouldn't be entirely sure. Uh, not true. I mean, probably not the Texans. 
and 100% sh- not the Texans. Okay. I mean, but yeah, the other three, sure. The Texans are 35 to 1 to win the division. Go ahead and sprinkle a little money on that. And by sprinkle, Jags I mean are flush it down the hey, no, no reason not to keep jumping on the Jags, folks. Plus 175. That's it? Yeah. Colts are still the favorite to win the division. I, don't, I mean, no, nah, don't. Don't throw your money away on that. I mean, Matt Ryan, you know, I know he won and he came back, but like it, it doesn't, it doesn't. He was taking an absolute whooping back there. Yeah. That offensive line is not helping him. It doesn't feel like the AFC West, I mean, excuse me, the AFC South has, like, none of those teams feel, even the Jaguars, these don't feel like very dangerous. So if you're Josh McDaniels and you're 0-3 and your team's only getting worse, are you already having internal conversations with yourself about, hey, can't we get out of uh, Derek Carr's contract situation after this season? Or because you just traded for Devontae Adams and he wanted to play for Derek Carr, do you feel like you're stuck with Derek Carr? Here's the thing. So if you have a top five pick, there are going to be a lot of quarterbacks in this class. Obviously, they'll sort themselves out draft-wise. You can draft a quarterback that Josh McDaniels want. You can trade Devontae Adams if the contract works itself in such a way. And the, th- the thing about the the college game now, you can bring in these wide receivers and then they can contribute right away. Look, you ain't getting Devontae Adams production out of anybody, but you can draft two or three wide receivers that can come and can help you. And if that's what Josh McDaniels wants to do in terms of his team, then that's a conversation worth having probably. The only thing I would caution against is that, remember when uh, Josh coached the Broncos in 2010 and fired everyone and and drafted Tim Tebow and drafted the cornerback from Wake Forest, whose name I can never remember, traded him to the first round to get him. And he, traded the, he, got, he traded the second round, traded a future first to get him in the second Thank round. you. Yeah, that's what it was. I always get that backwards. Um, if he hadn't said the quarterback from Wake Forest, I'd be able to remember his name immediately. Right. But he played like a, he played like a year and a half. The point is that, do you want to go down that road again if you're Josh McDaniels, after having purportedly learned a lesson from your last experience as a head coach 12 years ago, that's the only thing I would, I would warn against. I'm looking for the, the player question right now. Breach, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, Alfonso Smith? Yeah. Yes, thank you. Good catch. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just think the Raiders are in a precarious situation because I, I think that Josh McDaniels is probably frustrated with the offense of, you know, obviously he's not going to say anything and most of that you're going to pin on the quarterback. And, you know, I mean, you, you're under, if you're Devontae Adams, you're under the impression that you came to Las Vegas to play with Derek Carr for right at minimum three years. Right. And there's no way you can really get out of Devontae Adams. Con- oh, there's contracts. <laughs> on that, I'm he, laughing because yeah. Sam, Sam Bruce Smith in the, in the comments asked, why would you let Josh McDaniels draft a quarterback? I'm, I'm assuming in reference to Tim Tebow. Also, uh, Josh Steichen mentioned, did you see that um, McDaniels and, and Mark Davis had a meeting and Paul Gutierrez of ESPN tweeted after the game before he met with the media, uh, Raiders coach Josh McDaniels entered the, enters the interview room after a lengthy closed door meeting with owner Mark Davis. Mm. So the Broncos at home at chiefs, Texas at home at saints. That is a, a, and then at Jaguars and Colts at home. That is a, I mean, they're not firing Josh McDaniels no. in his first year. He no, especially not after three games. They could have won. They easily could have won. I mean, they're, you can't, let me tell you something. If they fire Josh McDaniels, he will be the new Broncos coach 14 seconds after he gets fired. <laughs> uh, or, or maybe the new Patriots offensive coordinator. I mean, yeah. yeah. Quick stop in New England. Break. I, a- I, I do think Breach's question is a good one, though, because it's like, what do you do with this? I mean, I fix the defense and the offensive line. That's where you I, start. I got I got blocked by the the reason the Carr family hates me is because I said that 
when John Gruden got hired, Derek Carr's contract was structured such that it felt obvious that Gruden was going to move on after one or two years, maybe three if, if he couldn't find somebody in the draft. And now, I mean, he has his dead cap hit next year is $5.625 million. I don't think Derek Carr is the, at the top of the top three things they're concerned about in terms of fixing. Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah, but but if you upgrade a quarterback, that but, okay, you don't have to me... fix the other problems if your quarterback's good enough because they make up for that. All right, let me ask you this: Where I are you going, Mac Collins? Where the hell did that come from? Where are you going to find the quarterback that breached? He's like a, he's like a top, he's a top ten quarterback. Um, that's a good question, Ryan. Well, I mean, okay, let's say that, let's say that the Raiders bottom out and have a terrible season, okay. and, and that's not that's not crazy because and no, the reason it'll happen zero and three. <laughs> Right, but the reason it'll happen is because the the Mike Mayock John Gruden regime missed on so many draft picks, and it's left them in really. Okay, fair problems. enough. So let's say the bottom out. Then what? Well, that's what I'm saying. If they, if there's a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young or somebody, I you just love, made this. I just made this case five minutes ago. Maybe we're getting nice. I said mine, but yeah. I said, um, yeah, there could be a situation where you can draft your quarterback if you have a top five pick. There'll be plenty of guys out there. And Breach mentioned, well, Devontae Adams came to Las Vegas to play with their car. And I said, you could even trade Devontae Adams if the contract numbers work out because in college, these wide receivers can do a lot of things that they couldn't do 10 years ago. You're not going to replace Devontae Adams with one person, but you get a first-round pick for him or a second-round pick and continue to try to build a roster that was uh, laid bare once Mayock slash mostly John Gruden got their hands on it. It's actually not that crazy to trade Devontae Adams based on his cap numbers. So there you go. And maybe if you're Josh McDaniels, you call up your old buddy uh, Tommy Brady, who will be a free agent if he plays oh, in 2023. Let, that, let it go. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Mm-hmm. You have first-round Patriots. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's. The Raiders are in a tough spot, but they are losing these. Like you're at least the games you're like competitive in them. I think that feels better. Maybe no, it feels worse. Okay. Joe Musso in the chat. Brinson didn't smoke enough six today. I'm out. I, I I spent. Yeah, I told you I didn't go. I didn't go to the state. I missed the state home game for the first time in a long time. And my voice has said to just for the people. Two weeks. NC State comes to Syracuse to face the undis, uh, undefeated Orange Men. Oh, they're not they are the Orange. Sorry, it's college know. game day in Cle- at Clemson next week. I was not plan on finding my voice aesthetically pleasing next next Sunday evening. Okay, just like I read this Sunday, but I, I'm used to it. I don't care if the Panthers lose, Sam. Uh, yes, so it does. I when the Panthers lose. The Panthers, he, that's he right. does. Anyway, okay. let's take a quick break. When we come back, some NFC North shenanigans next. Yay. Vikings 28, Lions 24. By the way, smash the like button if you're in the chat. You can also write, uh, what was our Musso tag? Um, Brent and Smokes I, Virginia Slims. Yeah, hashtag, uh, we don't want to say fire Musso, but. Jeez, what is going on? They say to fire me in the chat all the time. Man just got married. He's got a family. You want to fire him? Just get married. God, Brinson. Took a dark turn. He got married at Kevin Costner's ranch, and it was uh, Yellowstone themed. Really? Yeah. That's a fun fact. And no one on the podcast got an invite. None. I'll be honest. You didn't even get one, Wilson? Get what? An invite to Moose's wedding? No, all I asked for was uh, they had a um, Yellowstone font themed hat with an M on it. Didn't get one of those either. That's all I asked for. Nothing. I got sent a Kevin Costner autograph. He's probably got hundreds of those sitting around. Yeah, I was going to trade it for a Brinson Sucks hat, but no go. All right, Vikings 28, Lions 24. Just for that, we might not talk about the Bears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Jesus. 
Tough. Uh, big win for many. Uh, and somebody asked in the chat, Yellowstone, the show or the park? Yellowstone, the show. I the show, yes. Yeah. That's right. I've never actually seen it. I've only seen one episode of it. It's fine. Yeah, you're down on it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Vikings stole. If this felt like last year's Vikings team. Yeah. And last year's Lions, Lions team. team. Yeah. It's yep. like out of nowhere, just sort of stole it. And the Lions had so many chances to to take to take care of this. And they did. I don't know. I mean, I was really rooting for the Lions. I think I, I, think I picked them to win, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, yeah, it's a tough week for everybody. Yeah. Well, I would actually had a great week. Um, it, it's just like, like, oh, man, if this Lions team wants to be the frisky underdog, the, the plucky, you know, fun story of the season, um, they got to close games like this. And I know it's tough with that defense, but they had, they had the Vikings on completely on the ropes. I mean, 24 to 14. In the fourth quarter, Dalvin Cook is ruled out, and they just there were just a couple of moments where they just couldn't do it. And eventually, Kirk Cousins somehow because it was one o'clock goes down that's there. A, that's right. Touchdown pass to KJ Osborne wins the game nine of thirteen for one hundred twenty-five yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. One hundred twenty-five point five passer rating after a miserable first three quarters. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Actually, only had 12 more yards than Jalen Rager, which is awkward. Hey, by the way, shout out to Jeffrey Akuda, who was long considered a bust because he's been injured in recent years. He's been balling out this year, and I think he had a lot to do with shutting down JJ. So, um, that's that's a good sign for for the uh, for the Lions for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, the, this Lions team, they, they could this could be a playoff team in this muddy, muddled, you know, NFL season. But the lines are like the Chargers where, you know, we always talk about, but this happened. Like, they were yeah. doing so well, but this happened. It's incredibly disrespectful to compare the Chargers to the Lions, who historically have been terrible in recent years, where uh, at least the Chargers have been competitive. I mean, that's true. That is true. But, but don't but you I'm, feel like if you're – I don't know. I, I, I'm just curious how Lions fans feel about this. But, like, I would feel enthusiastic about the direction – that the franchise was moving for probably the first time, I guess maybe since you drafted Stafford at nine, but that, you know, but well, really, they went to the like, playoffs subsequent to that with Stafford. Remember that? Yeah. Like, but, but it does feel like they are building something yeah. that is potentially concrete and sustainable. I feel the like the is, overall, the 30,000 foot view is that they feel the way you're describing uh, the, when you get it, a little granularity, you're angry that they lose stupid games like this, which was a calling card a year ago. Well, and, and and then the question becomes like, if they lose games like this all the time, will there be patience with Dan Campbell, who's part of this? Building but it's process? not all the time. Last week they looked like they were going to let the lead slip, and they held on and beat who they beat last week, Washington. Yeah. yeah, that game where they were trouncing them, and then Washington came back. Carson Wentz looked pretty good. Turns out he's still worse than Gino. We can talk about that later. And then they held on and were able to to win that game, a game they would have lost a year ago for sure. Um, by the way, our guy Brady Quinn called this game, and there was a Jamal Adams, Jamal uh, Williams, Jamal Williams foul for doing the old uh, Hingle McCrinkleberry. I texted Brady the YouTube in the middle of the thing. <laughs> he's like, like Brady answers his text like while he's announcing games. It's so crazy. I don't yeah, know. Brady actually said <laughs> during the telecast as they're going to break. Uh, that's a lot of fluidity there. Yeah, which, which I thought was pretty funny. It was a, it was it was a, a little disappointing that Brady didn't know the Hingle. Kringleberry uh, reference. There's no way on planet Earth he would know that. But he, he, his remarks about the situation with Jamal Williams getting getting uh, flagged for uh, multiple pumps were were rather amusing. 
Yeah, he wasn't. He was. He was not flapped. He was unflappable throughout it all, which I thought was funny. And Jamal Adams is he's great for the NFL. He's great for the Lions. Uh, just unfortunately, they, he had a good game, good day today too. Unfortunately, they they got Kirk Cousins, which is and I do. I, I love that the ref did throw the flag because the, the celebration isn't as good if the ref doesn't throw the flag. Right. And it was like the third pump where he's like, ah, 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 ah. It's the third pump and he throws it. Imagine, imagine a middle aged old man counting hip the thrusts. Pump. Before you throw a flag, come on, Dave. Right, we got worse things going on in the NFL with these old men. Watching. You know, one thing on this game, real quick, is that Dan Campbell said afterward that he regretted attempting a 54 yard field goal on fourth and four from the Vikings' 36 yard line with 114 left. Austin Cyber missed the kick. So then the Vikings took over at the 44. Kirk Cousins, boom, 28 yard pass, boom, 28 yard touchdown pass. Kirk Cousins literally threw two 28 yard passes in a row and drove 56 yards on two plays because one o'clock Kirk is unstoppable. Yeah. And I do wonder, like, I wonder. And, and he did that possession after they went forward on fourth and one, right? No, that the that was after the missed field goal is when the, was... the Vikings turned the ball over and downs. They had their own failed fourth down after the Lions failed fourth down. And then the Lions got the ball back. Missed a field goal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, 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 the Lions had a failed fourth and one on the possession before, and then they went for the long field goal, probably because he was nervous about having not already gotten the, you know, they missed the fourth down. He reactionarily went for the, the field goal. But it would have been like even because Cyber had already missed a field goal in the game from closer. And so it's like, man, we already failed in fourth down. We already, my kicker's already missed a kick. Who do I trust now? What do I do? He, said, he, yeah. picked, he picked wrong. And it's fourth, fourth thirty six, so you can't really punt, and it's like you don't trust your defense right. to stop them. It's it's a tough spot. I mean, that's yeah. Those are the those are the the, the thin margins for these games. Um, I, uh, all right, more likely to. I, I mean, the Vikings are two and one. And I don't know how I feel about them. I feel like I always feel about them. Kirk Cousins, the coach, uh, the quarterback, and I'm sure Mike Zimmer was throwing a beer can in his television when uh, they he threw that touchdown pass. Kirk Cousins did to give him the lead. Like they had a dominant week one win against a Packers team that just didn't just doesn't show up. In but week again, one. if things aren't going well at halftime, Aaron Rodgers is mailing it in. All right, but I'm saying that the three game sample size we have this Kevin O'Connell start is like hard to wrap your head around what the. Vikings Let me ask are. you this: Let's say it's a Vikings Broncos Super Bowl next Sunday. Who are you taking? Both teams are two and one. Is it in prime time or not? It's uh, it's at two a.m. prime time somewhere. Undisclosed okay. location. So the game could be primetime where it's locally being telecast. It could be in Turkmenistan for all we know. Uh, actually, we'll... the Vikings are in London next week, and Breach did double-check to make sure it wasn't primetime before making a pick. It's it's like 2 p.m., so they're fine. Um, I would take the Vikings over the Broncos. Uh, 10 times out of 10. I would take the Broncos. You would take the Vikings, right? I would take the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. trust the Vikings more. But that, just that, spread would be, that spread would be minus 4.5. Hmm, interesting. All right. Oh, what could have been? Actually, it would have been terrible because I would have lost my survivor pool, but the Bengals beat the Jets 27 to 12. No real sweat in the breach household. And this one, uh, Joe Burrow, much, much better. And reminding me, Breach, a little bit of last year in the sense that the Bengals were caught, you know, they struggled out of the gate a little bit, or at least were like cautious out of the gate because they Burrow's coming off the ACL. Uh, only sacked twice after 13 sacks in his first two games. They scored 27 points after averaging 18.5 in the first two. No interceptions, three touchdowns. And Jamar Chase wasn't even involved that much. Um, I, I think this was about as good an outing as you could hope for as a Bengals fan, right? Yeah, I mean, this is what we were talking about last week. You were guys asking what my panic level was, and it was zero, but it would shoot up to 99.9% .9 if they lost to the Jets. I just didn't feel like this was a game. 
they were going to lose. And like you just mentioned, Brenton, it was, look, Burrow had his appendectomy. He missed four weeks. There was no time to, you know, you can't miss that much practice and not have there be some repercussions. The offense looked out of sync for the first couple weeks, and it was once they get all on the same page, they're going to be fine. And so it's good to, that they got that figured out before they play a good team like the Dolphins on Thursday. Uh, and, and, you know, Burrow was clutch in this game. It wasn't just that he threw three touchdown passes. All three of them came on third down. So they were huge throws. One of them uh, was a third and goal from the 12-yard line. Uh, another one was uh, 56 yarder Tyler Boyd on third and seven. And then he had another third and goal touchdown pass. And so it, just to see him make those clutch throws, I think, is a big deal for the Bengals. And this is the Bengals team everyone expected to see. So, Breach, I have two questions for you. First, uh, should T. Higgins sit down for about a month? Because this is a second concussion in three weeks. I mean, they play the Dolphins Thursday. Jeez. I mean, you sound worse than the two of doctors. No, I mean, your medical doctor for the Chargers. What's, what's going on here? I mean, he was a ma- He got absolutely destroyed. It was a dirty hit, and then he was laying lifeless yeah. on the field. No, I, I mean, w- like if if you can't pa- if you can't pass concussion protocol, take time off. Obviously. Oh, wow. What a great take that is. Well, Mental- yeah, if you can't pass the concussion protocol. Maybe you should take some time off. Yeah. That, that's well, I mean, you can't blanket say you should take a month off, but he probably should not be on the field Thursday. I will say this. It, having suffered two concussions. That's how badly and, Breach wants the Bengals to win. Exactly. He's no, like, no, he shouldn't be on the field Thursday. That gives him two full weeks to heal. Look, he's, Breach is like, I don't have much in here, but I will give him my brain. And finally, yeah. And finally, how did the offensive line look? Because I didn't pay attention to this game because Joe Flacco was. I don't believe that the Jets actually made it into the red zone until their next to last possession mm. uh, when they were down two scores and just sort of, you know, you, you know how it gets at, these, at the end of the game. They're sort of winging it, you know, just moving it. And um, then Flacco got a strip sack. Trey Hendrickson was great in this game. Uh, but I don't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, I'll let Breach answer the offensive line issue. Yeah. I mean, they looked good. Burrow only got sacked twice. He, I mean, he was moving around well in the pocket, which was a plus. Um, and again, that's what you want to see. You just want to see him more comfortable. And look, the Bengals looked good. Granted, it was against the Jets, so I'm not going to sit here and say they're going back to the Super Bowl. But this was what everyone expected the Bengals to be. Sam asked in the comments, is Zach Wilson back next week? I think he will be available, it looks like. They played the Steelers. I would bring him back just to just for more. Have you looked to see what the line with the Steelers-Jets uh, is? It's in where is Pittsburgh. it? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I'm going to say it's a pickup. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. I it was unless it's see how it just moved. Oh, Steelers are actually out to four. Yeah, I, I, bang, I think, I think bang the Jets. Team, I think no, I think this Jets team is really bad. Uh, I'm telling they, you, they just they can't do anything on offense, and and that's fine. Um, Sounds like the Steelers. All right, what's next? Would you would you take the Steelers in Survivor? No. Okay. Jeez, I don't know. Like that's that's probably a pretty good selection at this point in week four. There's only two spreads I think that are more than like six point or like six point yeah. more than three points or something like that. Next and week. I'm guessing right. you try to stack the the teams to benefit you late in the season, and it always blows up in your face. Bengals won a must get right game in New York against a bad Jets team. That's a good sign for the Bengals moving forward. Jets are in in hot water. Eagles, mm. our Eagles, my Eagles, Debo. Keep him out. Say that. Billy in, and the Eagles are rolling 24 to 8. 
Jalen Hurts very well could be the MVP through three games after I got berated for saying he could potentially take a leap this year, like just a small leap, but maybe a big one. Who yelled at you about that? Passing yards per game, 55 rushing yards per game. Who berated you? Twitter, kilometers, Eagles fans, everybody called me crazy. No no one did. He just makes up these stories to. What are you talking about? I would go on and be like, I think the Eagles are going to win the NFC. And be like, Jalen Hurts can't win a playoff game. You, I mean, Brenton, saying he can't win a playoff game last week. Brenton does have the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Can't believe it. Yeah, but I picked them to win. I've been saying for months. Yeah, I think all we all time. picked them to win the division. Yeah, so I don't know why that's 300 yards and 50 rush yards through three games. This guy's a good. This guy's good. No, what you're, I mean, you're good. preaching to the choir here. I don't know what you expect to happen. We all agree with you that Jalen Hurts is playing fantastic. Uh, Devontae Smith. Is fantastic. AJ Brown is a number two te- a number two receiver on this team, which is sort of funny. What? Um, what's wrong? Are you being are you being joking? You're being serious. Devonta Smith went for one sixty nine. Uh, it's a half joke. Like they're both one and a half. They are they are loaded. Yeah, that was your okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, the the defense sacked Carson went six times in the first half. I thought they were playing the Bengals for a while. Yeah, um, this this is a good Eagles team. I think are the Eagles the best team in the NFC? Yes. Next question. Yeah, but that was fast. Who else is it? Uh, 49ers. That's weird. Uh, Rams. Oh my God. All right. Here are the, here are the, okay. This is kind of weird. Here are the current playoff teams by seed number in the NFC. I would, if you, if you gave me, if you're like, I'll give you a thousand dollars to put the top seven. And I, we covered the NFL for a living. Here's, give me the top seven seeds in the NFC. I would, I, there's no chance I would have gotten it. One, the Eagles. Two, the Rams. You would have gotten that one. You're smart. I got the Eagles. Three, the Vikings. Four, Tampa Bay. Five, the Giants. Six, Green Bay, and seven, Chicago. Chicago. That's that, Dallas that and Carolina are eight, nine, then San Francisco ten. This is this is wide the f open, man. Man, uh, 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 Billy. Where are we at on uh, the Eagles after this dominating performance against a Washington team that I, I don't believe scored until like a weird safety late garbage time touchdown? You're muted, by the way. Just so you know. No, yeah, no. I, um, <laughs> talking muted, and then Wilson's like, preach like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was great to watch. Uh, they played really well. Devontae Smith, obviously. I mean, it was just nice to see Devontae Smith kind of show out and have a breakout game. Um, you know. Wish he would have had a thousand yard season last year. He came pretty close. Still was, so I think he had the most yards for a uh, Eagles wide receiver since Deshaun Jackson last year. But it was just nice to see him kind of have a breakout game, especially struggling week one. And you know the defense kind of bought out, and it just kind of was just a full circle moment seeing Carson Wentz uh, on his back for most of the game. So yeah, it's always a shame to see Carson Wentz getting smashed into the uh, Diva. Still, Diva still on here on audio. Diva, do you want to say something about this game? Uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm leaving the pod after tonight. I think the next time I'll see or talk to you guys is probably in February, uh, in Arizona when the Eagles are playing in the Super Bowl against the Bengals. Yeah, we'll take it now. If the Eagles and the Vikings play in the NFC championship game, who will you root for? Stop. Why the Vikings? He's a Vikings fan. I hate the Vikings. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> I saved this tweet specifically for you. Oh, and I, come on. I, I just think this, this kind of sums up uh, the experience. And, and you know, based on who it's about, it, it takes me it's something. It's about me, I assume. No, no, no. This no. is your final show. This, this is from at M Life. Uh, summing up the game today, he said, watching Wentz extend a play reminds me a lot of Brett Favre. 
not necessarily talent wise, but from the stealing millions of dollar aspect. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, Yeah, man. That's yeah. Nine, nine sacks. I mean, Jason Kelsey showed his Jersey after the game, the swap with Carson Wentz, and it is just filled with grass stains. He said, he's never going to wash it. And it is just one of the dirtiest quarterback jerseys you'll ever see. So that I about think, sums it up. You win this week in the Geno Smith Carson Wentz competition, but it's not over yet. Two to it one. Is, it is kind of it is kind of like um very uh I don't know if it's karmic or like uh it's it's just like the Eagles stomp the crap out of Carson Wentz like on the final like week that Diva's on the pod, like the final show that Diva's on the podcast. I think the play that encapsulated this game for me was when Devontae Smith had one of his many amazing catches. This one down the sideline, clearly out of bounds, and Ron Rivera was too slow to throw the, the challenge flag. Like he literally threw it as the play had already been snapped and they couldn't overturn it. It felt like Nathaniel Hackett was in the booth instructing him on whether to challenge that play. But that that stuck out to me in addition to the forty five thousand sacks, just I, the I, the ineptitude. Uh, people in the chat are wondering where Debo's going. Uh, Deba, we don't really know. Um, I think it's like a uh, he's going to produce the draft podcast. I thought it he's was like going a, to produce any show that Brinson's not on. I thought it was like a young life, uh, like you know, like sort of like find your mission in Argentina or Chile thing. Find your, you know, find your, you know, find yourself. Like, you go, is he, is he, at, is he staying at CBS? They gave me a pretty difficult task. They said, see what you can do and, and try to launch a Pete Prisco podcast. And I said, impossible. No one. <laughs> no one will listen to that. You can't build an audience for that type of guy. So we're moving on to other projects, primarily featuring Ryan Wilson. In, in all seriousness, Debo is um, Debo is has done such a good job on this podcast, which is considered by many in the office a launching pad for careers. So Billy, you're in great shape. Uh, Debo did such a good job that he has got uh, he's been promoted up, and he's the term be- I usually hear is black hole. But go ahead, sure. <laughs> Maybe he's being tricked into thinking he's promoted. He's about to get fired. Who knows? Um, one thing on Devontae Smith, I thought it was really impressive how physical he was on some of those big catches. You I mean not a, not a big guy? Like this Eagles team has man. I, I mean, I they're fun. I like them a lot. Yeah, that's why Debo's leaving. He can't stand the fact that you're on the Eagles bandwagon. Are you guys? I got one question for you though. Are you guys kind of scared about the Eagles not being able to score in the second half? No. Uh, no, know. but only because. So the, week one, week one, they were up big against the Lions. I'm a little worried about maybe Sirianni's game, like, like cycle, like the game plan with the lack of scoring because it their defense is good enough where I think they feel like they can shut teams down. This is clearly like just let's just burn clock and get out of here. We're, yeah, it was twenty four nothing. I mean, yeah, shut up, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Steelers haven't scored twenty four points all year, and he's talking about uh, are you worried about them scoring? Scoring points when they're up 24 nothing. I mean, the Eagles did score more than the Broncos have scored all season long. That's true. Uh, all right, moving. <laughs> Billy has a very fair question, and Ryan told him to shut up. <laughs> Welcome to 120 a.m. On, uh, on week three of Sunday night. Rams 20, Cardinals 12. Again, Donald hit 100 sacks. This feels like the Spider-Man meme again. Like the Rams are just sort of teetering. They get a lead, and they sort of figure it. They can't figure out what to do, and then <laughs> Kyler Murray's playing uh, backyard ball, just slinging the ball all over the yard. Crazy things are happening. None of them usually good by the time the game's over. Kyler apparently um, had some words for his receivers about, he said, when you're playing with me, you can't go to sleep 
on a play, you need to understand that anything could happen and you need to be ready at any time because he was upset about the drops involved in the um that's a that's something he should be saying. Sure. I feel like Marquise Brown, 17 targets, 14 catches, 140 yards. Kyler Murray now one and seven against the Rams, his worst record in his career. Seven touchdowns, eight interceptions. Sean McVay, uh, Raheem Morris, Wade Phillips at all kind of own Kyler Murray in the cards and Cliff Kingsbury. Arizona now one and two. What, um, man, kind of wish I'd bet the Rams to win the NFC West right now. Oh, I can't. Well, what'd you bet? No, the Rams yeah, were plus Rams What's that? Yeah, the Rams were plus money. The Rams were only like plus 120 to win the NFC West before the season. And I thought you were the biggest Rams supporter on the East Coast. What yeah, you were going to give Matthew Stafford's Hall of Fame induction speech. Yeah, you've got it on. I, I, I was in the 49ers winning the division this year. Oops. I mean, this is what we were kind of talking about last week that the Kyler Murray running around and making plays is not a sustainable way to run your offense. Like, right. yay, it was awesome watching it against the Raiders. And uh, it, it's awesome that it works four or five times a season. Uh, but this is why you can't keep doing it. And, you know, if you're yelling at your receivers because they don't even know where you're going to be when there's no rhyme or reason to where you're running, you're just running around and, and launching passes. And, you know, they obviously have scramble drills, but when Kyler Murray's doing like a double scramble that no other quarterback can do, uh, it's just uh, it's just tough to predict what this offense is going to do. And it doesn't feel like the Cardinals are going to be that good, guys. I don't think are the Rams that good. I mean, well, if they're not, then the Cardinals just lost to a not very good Rams team. I mean, is the NFC West secretly trash? Well, I think there weren't. I mean, there were only two teams legitimately, whether it's going to be the 49ers or Cardinals, in addition to the Rams that were going to make noise. I didn't think it was going to be like the AFC West. Well, if the Broncos are winning the AFC West, I'm not sure that's necessary. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, like in August. I know, I know. I know. Um, well, last year it was like, ooh, could four teams in the AFC West make the playoffs because, you know, the Seahawks have Russ, et cetera. Um, I, I think the Rams are in stacking wins mode. And the Cardinals and the 49ers and the Seahawks are more in figuring out our identity mode. And this is not a very good division. I mean, look, this the, the NFC is so wide. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I think we say Philly's the best team. I'm fine with saying the Rams are the second best team, and then maybe Tampa Bay or Green Bay. Like those four teams, I would take Green Bay and Tampa Bay over LA. I would take LA over Tampa Bay is currently constructed, but maybe in a couple of weeks or months, yes. So Sam in the comments asks, "Is Cliff the most fraudulent coach in the league?" <laughs> um, Pos Moo thinks it's. Zach Taylor, but I, I think <laughs> I think it's Cliff. Well, I mean, Cliff did they announce hasn't been to a Super Bowl? Like, right. Once was a barista for Cliff Kingsbury in like Texas. And- well, what? the thing is, you're the Cardinals. You just gave Cliff Kingsbury extension. You just gave Kyler Murray an extension. What happens if the team implodes this season? Like, what's your it's, next course of action? Saying that Nebraska hires Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> Cliff's not going to do that. You might have an option. You might not have a. Might not have. So I might get double dipped. I, I'm I'm fine with the. I'm I don't want to. I'm fine with the Packers are better than the Rams. That's that's totally okay. cool with me. But I think I think there's very clearly right now, if you were if you could get any kind of could you get plus money on Eagles, Rams, Packers, Bucks winning the division? Because that's a pretty good parlay if you can bet it. Right? Uh why would that be plus money? Because it's four four things. I'll tell you what it is real quick. I, I just I just think that those divisions, like those teams look like they are going to the playoffs. Oh my god, the Packers are minus 120 to win the division. Ooh, it's because they're in three-way tie for first place. 
Mm-hmm. Not just one o'clock Kirk, but also the Chicago Bears are in first Brinson. Don't forget about that. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Speaking of much, yeah, we have a couple games. Let's do this. Show them some respect. We got three trash games. We'll get through them quickly. Three. Uh, anyway, the, the Rams are figuring it out. The Rams will be fine. Four to one would be what that probably would pay, by the way. Bears 23, Texas 20. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I had a parlay. It was Jaguars, Texans, Titans, and Packers. And the freaking Texan, Davis Mills, throws that pick with, like, what, 45 seconds left or something like that, 25 seconds left, and the Bears just, just in field goal range and won it. Justin Fields did not look good in this game. No. I, I 8 of 17 if- for 106, no touchdowns, two interceptions. He ran for 47 yards, and the whole talking point coming in was, I think he – Completed 28 passes coming into the week, maybe, or attempted, attempted 28. Attempted 28. Attempted 28 passes. It's, a, it's the same old, same old. I don't, I don't think this is all Justin Fields. I think the lack of playmakers around him. Cole Komet, I think, had two targets in the first two weeks. He had three targets on Sunday. Who else? I mean, there's there's Mooney, there's St. Brown, Equimanius. He had a long catch, and by long, I mean 20 yards. And that's it, man. I mean, Byron Pringle. But what do you do if you're the Bears when you're going into this game the first two weeks? You're like, yeah, we don't really feel Look comfortable. Look at the years on this graphic, by the way. <laughs> They've attempted 45 passes. It's the the few the only the only teams that are fewer are the 74 Bills, the 82 Patriots, the 72 Bears, the 72 Falcons, and the 73 Rams. Yeah, what were we saying, Breach? Well, I was saying basically this that you're the Bears coaching staff, and you're saying, well. We don't really feel comfortable calling all these pass plays because Justin Fields doesn't seem like that's not conducive to our offense being successful. And then, you know what? Uh, we'll call a few pass plays today. They only call 17. And what happens? Something bad almost 50% of the time. He gets sacked five times. He throws two interceptions. Like, that's just more of an argument of switching to like a single wing. So uh, well, let, me, let me put it to you this way if he's on the Patriots, even. Or the Chargers or the Jaguars, for example. I mean, all those teams, he's markedly better than he is now. My point is that, is it Justin is, Herbert? Is he? He's not worse. Put Mac yeah. Jones on this team and he's he's we're having a funeral for him. Trevor Lawrence looks like he did last year if he's playing on this team right now. I mean, the team doesn't have a ton of talent, but they're two and one. Their offensive line is terrible and the receivers are terrible. I mean, they, I think their strength of victory is like, Wait a second. I want to back up. Breach just said this team does not have a ton of talent, and they're two and one. Your Denver Broncos, everybody. Way to go, Breach. You called it. Okay, that's enough. What I mean, what else is there to say? Both these teams. This is two. Look, the Bears stole one for the 49ers in in a like an extremely mud bowl, unusual torrential downpour. They got smoked by the Packers, and then they just beat a bad Texans team at home. Um, now, Pete, unfortunately, they do have the Giants and the Vikings on the road, then the Commanders and Pats on the road. Commanders at home, Pats on the road. So, like, uh, Pete likes to brag about Davis Mills being his guy. Davis Mills or McCorkle Jones? Who are you taking? I would take McCorkle over Davis Mills. Breach. Uh, yeah, probably McCorkle. Neither's a, a fun. Their schedule is so bad. They could. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna get over the win total, which everyone took the under. What is it? Four? It was like five and a half, I think. Maybe. Uh, hold the hold your horses. I don't know. Dude, if they they've do. got the the Giants, the Commanders. The Giants are in the playoffs, along with the Bears. As we sit here, <laughs> they could face each other in the first round. Argue is the Giants are two and zero. Oh, the Bears are two and one. Oh, the yeah, Fal- yeah. They said the Falcons. I'm going to take the under. 
of okay. five and a half. If it's five and a half, breach, are they going to go over five and a half? The Bears? Yeah. They have to win three more games this year with that offense that features a quarterback that throws the ball two times a game. I mean, it's amazing they've even won two games with that offense. That's the point. They, they somehow have. The law of averages is going to. Wait, you said five and a half is over? That's I'll say we're, yes. That's what we're I'll saying. Say oh. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Two yeses. Because what do they have? They have 14 games left. So they go four and 10 down the stretch that, that gets them there. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell I don't you. think it's, I think that I, here's my prediction. At some point in the month of November, one of the three of us will throw out the Bears as like a, like a wild card sleeper and get like <laughs> steal that seventh seed. That's my me. prediction. It ain't me. All right. What's next? Uh, clip and say that it ain't me when it was Wilson. I'm, like, I'm just telling you the path to the Bears. Bears a path. Panthers 22, Saints 14. Man, the Saints aren't good. Yeah, you you talk about this because I didn't watch one second of this travesty. Um, I uh, it was uh, the Panthers scored first on a fumble recovery <laughs> when Alvin Kamara fumbled. Oh yeah, I saw the highlight of that. That was not yeah. fun. Scoop score. The first touchdown, the first points from the the Saints came with twelve thirty five to go in the fourth quarter when Mark Ingram plunged in. Here's how the here's how the Saints started. Their possessions. Punt, fumble, punt, punt, punt. Block field goal downs. I don't know how both of I guess the field goal was on. Oh, is it they oh, do they try to kick a it doesn't matter. Just continue. Don't don't get stumbled. Don't stumble. No, the it. block field goal goes behind the line, goes behind the line of scrimmage, and then the team that kicked it recovers it. So it's like a turnover on downs. Right. right. But it's like pretty rare to have a comma in how you're driving it. Double whammy. Missed field goal, punt, touchdown, interception, punt, touchdown, interception. Uh, it was garbage time. I uh, saw that Lavisca Chenault scored a, a long touchdown. How did Baker look? He went 12 of 25 for 170. That looks like some Justin Fields-type numbers. The, the, yeah. the Saints, yeah, he didn't. Um, it was basically all on that Lavisca touchdown. So he's not better than Sam Darnold is what I'm hearing. No, I mean, he's he's an upgrade, but only – they were feeding Chris McCaffrey a ton. Um, DJ Moore has been you know, a little – Pretty disappointing. Baker was not good, but the Panthers' defense is good, I think, and that's the key here. That's what's going to keep them maybe hanging around that Bears sleeper wild card position. Is that just the Panthers' defense is going to keep them in games? They need to steal that Week One game against the Browns. They didn't. Uh, now they are one and two, and it feels like a little bit of pressure being let out of Matt Rule's thing here. Uh, but the the Saints, man, I'm telling you that. Their offense is a disaster. Yeah, now that that's blown up my face. Uh, I'll just ride with the Jameis Winston back issues as a excuse for another couple of weeks, and then I'll just I'll jump off the off the ship into the water. I don't want to sound like a total homer here, but would you at least think about putting Andy Dalton in over Jameis? He's hurt. Why not let Jameis get healthy? Andy Dalton, it's going to be the same thing. I mean, he'll he'll just be the one taking the beatings behind the line of scrimmage. But if that would make you happy, Breach, for uh, a few moments, then by all means, let Jameis get healthy. Because he did say he was feeling some pain before this game. I'm guessing he doesn't feel better with the way the game went. Um, and, and Brent's talked about how good the um, Panthers' young defense is. I and, bet we start seeing a lot more Taysom Hill gadget plays when he comes back. from. He was inactive in this game. Uh, Chris Olave looked awesome in this game, and Michael Thomas was pretty good. But both guys got hurt coming out of it, which is a, a, I mean, if you lose those two guys, this offense is sayonara. Like Sean Drake Payton. Smith went over a hundred. What's he that? Drake one Smith. Yeah, he did. yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but most of this stuff was like in, again, in garbage time. I mean, the Panthers defense just shut this team down. Um, and, and somehow the, the saints all, I think had like a, we're potentially going to have a look to try to win uh, the game. 
Falcons 27, Seahawks 23. Now, this was a fun game. At the beginning of the podcast, we talked about, or I did, said how some of these games have been low scoring and sort of duds. This was actually sort of fun to watch. It was sure. a uh, shootout. They had, it was 10 to 10 at the end of the first quarter. That was not what you expected in this game. I mean, the over, I don't know what it was. It must have hit by 20 points. Um, probably by 10, yeah. 49. The Falcons, one and two. 50, I can't do the math, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Seahawks also one and two. Which one and two NFC bird would you feel more comfortable taking to make a, a shocking playoff run? Gino has not been bad. Mar- I think Gino for- is leading the NFL in completion percentage. He has been better than Russell Wilson. Better than Russ. I was actually thinking, don't even get something else besides Drew Locke in that trade because you just wasted that person's last draft pick by bringing Drew Locke over here. There was no competition, as it turned out. Um, he's getting the receivers the ball. They seem relatively happy. They understand the situation. Um, fans seem to buy into what Gino did. He threw an interception at the end of the game, but they were trying to get back into it. I get it. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with the Seahawks, although Mariota, as I mentioned, played well today. And finally, Kyle Pitts got involved. I'm glad he was part of that game plan. I'm going to go with the Falcons. I think they've been surprisingly good, uh, even though Arthur Smith sounded a little awkward in both his press conferences after those losses and when he's getting questioned about how he's using players. But, I mean, if they don't blow well, we were talking about this. It was out of context. Like, they didn't. They right, didn't. right. But if, if they don't blow a 26-10 lead to the Saints in week one, they're two and one. They almost made that crazy comeback against the Rams in week two, and then they went in. And the way they – I feel like this is what the teams that don't want to throw, the Justin Fields, the Bears, or, or the Panthers with Baker Mayfield, they want what the Falcons are doing with Marcus Mariota where, hey, we only threw 20 passes, but we completed 13 of them. Nine of Mariota's 13 completions went for 12 yards or more. Uh, I believe six of the tw- of the 13 completions went for 20 yards or more. So literally, anytime you put the ball in there, it was a big play. And you had Cordero Patterson just running crazy out there. And, and the Seahawks just didn't know what to do to stop the Falcons' offense. And eight of those completions went to Kyle Pitts and or Drake London. And it's worth noting, you mentioned Cordero Patterson. Brits and I were joking before the season started about how, ha-ha, you can't have much of a running game with Cordell Patterson because he's a returner slash receiver. Turns out. <laughs> he might be the best, the best running back in the NFL. That guy is crushing the week in and week out. God. 6-2 running back just steamrolling people. Steamroll. Cordell Patterson ruined NC State's season. His, his one year at Tennessee. My God. He was destructive. Um, yeah, this felt like a game the Seahawks – Sort of, it sort of reminded me of the Lions Vikings game in the sense that the Seahawks had a lot of chances to just like kind of lock it down. And this is if you're Seattle and you try to, you want to make the playoffs, you want to be a contender of any sort, you had to beat the Falcons at home in week three. And so I think Seattle obviously probably in trouble. Mariota, interesting. Uh, Arthur Smith was hanging out after the game, signing, he gave away his hat to a fan, a Falcons fan in the Seahawks stadium. He was signing the jerseys. The Falcons fans say, uh, and who are you again? They're all like leaning he, over. He's like hanging out with them. They, I, I like that. Arthur um, Smith could walk to walk into ninety nine point nine percent of establishments, eating establishments in this country, and no one would know who he is. Well, I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's not like Cliff Kingsbury, right? Yeah, uh, but, I mean, but everyone knows who Pete Carroll is. Everyone knows who Mike Tomlin is. I'm just saying he's Arthur Smith. I, I will be curious to see how these two teams fare over the next few weeks because they have had, you know, like the Seahawks. Uh, beat the Broncos, but it was a big emotional game. They got blown out by the 49ers, and then this game. And then the Falcons had the 
you know, they had the Saints on the ropes and coughed it up and then really we're getting blown out by the Rams, but then played this game. Like, is this, are these teams going to be lingering or are they going to sort of like get deflated? I, I, I'm impressed with the Falcons effort so far through three weeks and the Seahawks too. Yep. Agreed. All right. Uh, all right, Wilson, you said you had a list of 17 winners and losers that you want to go through. Uh, what do you got? Uh, we can recap quickly our Super Bowl picks. Okay. You love doing that. Yeah. That's all I got, got going for me right now. So Wilson's team, Chiefs, Rams, Broncos, Vikings, Miami, all my teams are two and one or better. The Miami Dolphins are actually are, uh, obviously three. No, all total. That's I have a pretty good. All total. I have 11 wins. Uh, Breach says the Packers, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Cowboys, and the Steelers. Ooh, boy. He's got six wins total. Just among cross them. out the last two. Yeah. What? Last three Bengals, too. The Cowboys just beat the Bengals. They might win on Monday and go two and one. Brinson has the Ravens, the Eagles, the Colts, the Saints, the Jags. Uh, three of those teams are doing quite well. Brinson has nine wins. And then Caleb, the listener, has... The Bills, the Bucks, the 49ers, the Cardinals, and the Raiders. <laughs> so he's at six wins tied with Breach. So uh, Among the many things I like that Billy does better than Debo, um, he, he leaves a lot of this stuff on the document so you can actually check it. I The Colts and the Saints over when I could have taken the Vikings and the Dolphins will probably haunt me. There you go. Nothing will haunt me because I have the Bengals and they're going to win it all. And you have the Broncos winning the Super Bowl, which – goes against what you just said about the Bengals. You took the Chargers over the Rams button box. That was <laughs> All right. also, I said Los Angeles. I thought I took the Rams. What? We need to go back and listen to the tape. This is ridiculous. You can do that. We'll talk about that tomorrow. In the meantime, we're going to leave. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Smash the like button. Hit subscribe. Turn on alerts. For Wilson. For Breach. I'm Brinson. See you guys later.